This is Gary Becker, and you are listening to Beyond FM. Peace, quiet, and good order will be maintained in our city to the best of our ability. Riots, melees, and disturbances of the peace are against the interest of all our people and therefore cannot be permitted. We interrupt this program to bring you on behalf of the United States government. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Stand by. I'll be right here. All right, St. Louis, I want to hear everybody sing this. Come on. Beyond Radio. Beyond now, here comes the music. FM Live. Here are your hosts, T Bone and Rusty. T Bone, T Bone, T Bone, T Bone. Oh yes. Hey, it's Toys Day. How are you? 
Welcome to Beyond FM Live. Uh, Rusty, good evening, sir. Oh, man, I ain't got you up yet. Where are you at? Say hi. Hey, everybody. Hey. I'm just, I'm learning how to use this stuff still. Um, Yeah. Uh, Good evening, and uh, thank you for joining us. Let's, uh, our guest is running a hair late. He's not all hair late. I told him seven and it is now seven and he's coming in, but, uh, comedian, uh, Gary Becker will be with us here shortly. But first, while we're waiting for him to to sneak in and stuff, uh, uh, first of all, let's, uh, promote it on, uh, January 13th through the 15th, right across the street from our lovely studio here in Collinsville, Illinois, at the Minor, uh, they are going to be having uh, Moam Fest, which is a uh, film festival. Uh, I'm sure a lot of cool independent stuff going on over there. So, um, and we will be uh, on the 13th. We will be doing interviews live here on Beyond FM, and kind of introducing. Uh, uh, them to our our world and vice versa so you may want to tune in for that um and also uh just uh, a wonderful reminder and, and, and a huge shout out just real quick um the the uh mike and the whole gang over at shoehorn brewing company because they are officially um sponsoring our um event um on what is it it's january 21st correct 28th 28th yep okay i thought you said the 21st last time but okay the 28th <laughs> good i'm I make sure i, I write that, i'm gonna write that down next time um but anyway uh, we're having a little uh, shindig party over at spaces on uh, main street in belleville and uh it's gonna feature our good friend uh, dj moff and we're gonna have a, what we call a thrift store party right is that what we're calling it officially yep DJ Moff's thrift store party. And, and and the beautiful thing is that you guys get to go out shopping at thrift stores and find yourself some nice outfits because we're going to give away cash for the best. For the best so uh, you can buy more thrift shop clothes. Well, yeah, if you have those sorts of problems in your life and, <laughs> and, and enjoy good thrift store clothing, then yeah, you can do that. Or you can just buy us a late Christmas present or just give it right back. Like, you know, like. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know how you do those those fifty fifties and all that, you know, and then you win and then you give it back to people. Well, you know, they can just give it back to us. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. We could use it. No, no, it's going to be a fun night. I think. Yeah, and then also um, from uh, seven to nine at Shoehorn. That's right. We're having a pre party. Yeah, you got to put. You got to. You got to get your pregame strong. Yeah, check night. out their beers and 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 the place and it, before. It is, very yeah, nice yeah. and clean and pretty, and hopefully we'll we'll get somebody to kind of perform the pre-party, too. Yeah, we got. Yeah. So, Kevin Babb is who we're having perform. Okay, see, there, there you uh, go. Go check him out on Instagram, uh, all the socials, whatever. He's a very talented guy. Uh, I saw him play, I don't remember the name of the place out in Wentzville, but, uh, yeah, I was just blown away by his musical talent and uh, I've kept in touch with him for a few months and finally got a gig for him. So looking forward to that too. So if you got some time to pregame before the thrift shop party, uh, seven to nine o'clock over there at shoehorn, it's literally right down the street. And then we're running the party from nine to midnight, midnight, nine to midnight, 1230. 
hopefully everybody stays Until they kick off. us out? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, if we're all having a good time, oh, yeah. news, we're going to stay as late as they let us. So it's it's going to yeah. be a hell of a party, for sure. Awesome. I cannot wait, man. That's going to be a good time. And the beautiful thing that I want to mention uh, about Shoehorn and, and Mike himself is that uh, one, you know, whenever we, uh, whenever I approach somebody about the station and about advertising and this and that, you know, and, and I'll say, hey, listen to the station or whatever. And a lot of times we'll get like, hey, oh man, you pay, you know, you kind of play too much rap or you play too much punk or something and maybe it's too aggressive and I don't want to be a part of it. He actually told us at the meeting that he just, he loves it all. And so that is awesome. And he really, uh, is also like-minded with us as, uh, wanting to bring original music to Belleville because like most, most areas in St. Louis and around the country, you know, cover bands kind of rule, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, you got to give the people what they want to hear and everybody loves a good comfort cover band and you know it's easy yeah i mean it's it's a good time you know you get a good cover band and it gets everybody amped up and they have fun and yeah. you know buy drinks at the bar and stick around so um you know but rmo is local original music so obviously well, we can a, squeeze there's in there's a time and place for everything <laughs> so, you know yeah try to make our mark everywhere you know start spreading st louis over across the river yeah Hopefully we can do that. Well, I mean, back in the day, I, I can't remember. Belleville was kind of the almost uh, a lot. I mean, it's still it was still covered, but I mean, there was a lot more original music in Belleville than uh, maybe what I even knew of, or maybe there's more now that I don't know, but I don't think there is. But I mean, Fragile Porcelain Mice came from Belleville and played three one three a lot, and and so did a lot of other you know uh, local bands and stuff. So. Maybe we can do something different. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope we get something started. Yeah, we're going to have some fun over there, I think. So, um, like I said, uh, Gary Becker is our guest tonight, and he is in the building, and we're going to talk to him in moments. But um, also, uh, unfortunately, we did, we did not get to go, um, but it looked like a fantastic time Tuesday night at the pageant for uh, the toast for Jeff. Um, and along with, uh, you know, their, the urge in, um, Greek fire and, uh, Justin Furstenfeld from blue October and, uh, modern day zero looked like a pretty good show. Yeah. I'm so, so sad. I missed that one. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was for honor of Jeff and it was for a good cause. And it was, uh, really, <clears throat> I mean, to, for me, uh, being a local music fan, uh, just nice to see, uh, modern day zero, uh, get back together and and you know, maybe put a, put back their differences a little bit and and play a show. Yeah, I mean, I wish they'd play more often. I think the last time they actually played was Point probably, Fest in yeah, 2018. Point, yeah, probably. And I saw them there, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Because you know, I didn't know him as Modern Day Zero. I only know him as Mesh STL, and then just you know, kind of lost track of them. And uh, when I saw them at Point Fest, I was like, "Hey, I know these songs." And then, of course, you know, what anybody does, you know, look it up on Wikipedia. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so obviously I was super psyched to find out they were from here. But, you know, unfortunately. Well, most people around here don't even remember them as <laughs> Mesh STL. So, so there, you got one up on them, I guess. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hats off to, you know, 
the point and the pageant and all them for putting that together and celebrating uh, Jeff. Cause I, I remember following Jeff even to the earlier times of the point when they weren't, you know, a powerhouse where they were almost just like a, a college radio station, you know, and uh, he was on the morning show and I remember just kind of listening to that and, and checking what, what a new radio station had to offer. And, you know, and now, you know, they're the biggest thing in St. Louis pretty much. So anyway, uh, enough of that. We'll we'll come back and talk to Gary and hang out because I'm sure it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I, and, 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 uh, I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about. So and uh, and I know he wanted to come in particularly today because it's officially uh, legal in Missouri now. So I know he was excited about that. So we're going to talk about that and uh, some kung fu fighting and some comedy and more uh, coming up next. But uh, we're going to play some modern day zero now. Is that all right? Yeah, it works for me. Okay, cool. Sick inside on Beyond FM. Tell me what the fuck is wrong with me Why do I always feel 
see the best of everything STL. We mean everything. Because I feel like it. Because I feel like it! Because goddammit, if you're not doing what you're feeling, then what the fuck are you doing? This is Beyond FM. Because I fucking feel like it. of everything STL Beyond FM. Those guys playing Diamond Music Hall in beautiful St. Peter's on uh, December 17th, along with uh, Out on the Fall, Midwest Avengers, uh, Native State. Yeah, tickets are on sale now, December 17th. Also, same night, uh, we, I believe you're going with me, uh, Platypus. Oh, for the Rotten Show. Yeah, for the, yeah. yeah, for Revenge of the Nerds. Looking forward, super, yeah. man. Yeah. 
That's going to be. They a good gave show. us a little preview. Yeah, a little Christmas party at Platypus free show. Get in with uh, I think canned goods and stuff. Oh, I got plenty of those. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope everybody loves corn and green beans. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Gotta love the green beans. Ah, oh, our guest tonight is um, a comedian, uh, MMA fighter for for a little while longer, yeah. um, uh, and more forever, forever. forever. Um, maybe my, my kickboxing coach told me. He, and, and, like, he was trying to talk me into a fight, and uh, he was like, look, you suck one dick, and you're a dick sucker the rest of your life. You could fight a thousand MMA fights, and you're still not going to be an MMA fighter. So are you going to fight in this fight? I was like, well, I guess so. I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to take that, you know? Yeah. I went out there and kicked the guy's ass is what I did. But he, he gave you, like, the best pep talks, like... You felt like you could fight Godzilla and shit. Like, <laughs> how? What's the guy's record? He's like he's thirty-two and zero. He's got one one no contest. I don't know what happened, but you got this, Gary. I think you're gonna give him his first blemish. And I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> like, he'd he'd pump you up though. Like, had a pretty good team. Not quite as good as Burgess Meredith. Is yeah, that's that where I was going, that? right? I was like, what? What's you got to have hard, Rocky. You got to have hard. You got to get a rock. He's a bum. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what he was. So, like, he uh, played soccer, and he played on the German World Cup team. And he was a fucking lunatic. Like, if you didn't win in the rounds, and it went to the judges' scorecard, He'd run into the ring and be like, my fighter better fucking won. My fighter better won. My fighter better. And like, he was like crazy. And so like these, like, so like his wife ended up shoot. So if he's watching, whatever. But his wife uh, ended up shooting him and shit. <laughs> and like, I got a call from a fight promoter and he was all like, you're, you're kickboxing coach. He's a woman beater. And I was like, what? And he's all like, dude, it's on the news. And I was like, what? And so I turn on the news, and it's like a, a you know, person in Robertsville, Missouri, and, uh, you know, they're not the most educated people out there. But it was just like his neighbor, and he's like, I'd only seen it on the news before. And uh, he pulled up in the van completely naked. <laughs> and he was in the bathtub when his wife shot him. And so, like, his story, when I talked to him after he got out of the hospital— He's fucking, his son's autistic, and he's on a set schedule, and he does shit every day at a certain time. Well, oh, his yeah. wife went to take him to get a haircut, and uh, in that process, uh, she had taken too long, and when he got back, he wasn't on his schedule. Well, he just jumped in the bathtub because he had kickboxing class later, and he's an old man, so he got in the bathtub. He's like, the door opened up, and this bitch was standing there with the revolver, and she shot me. He's like, and I rolled over, and the bathtub started filling up with blood, and she shot me again. And it was at that time when I realized that this bitch wasn't playing. <laughs> After the second shot, what she ain't the fuck no more. goes on in your house where like <laughs> you get shot twice, and you're like, all right, no longer foreplay. I got to get up and do something about this shit, you know? And yeah. like he jumped and tackled her and fought for it, and then he got in his van. So like 
at kickboxing class, he'd always try to, it, this was in the middle of the woods, but it was the best fucking kickboxing gym in, in the state of Missouri. I don't give a shit. We had all the belts, all the best fighters. It was, it was great. And, uh, but it was so low, low fucking ball. It was just like in the summertime, it was dead hot. And in the wintertime, it was ice cold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just like poor kids out there just grinding, you know, and, uh, it, it was good shit, but hold on, I fucked up. But uh, th- this guy would try to get us to take this van at every uh, practice. He'd be like, "Hey, take the van, drive it, park it on the side of the highway. I'll tell you, it's stolen." <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to drive this fucking van as a getaway vehicle because it always had the key inside of it. So he jumped in it, plugged up by fucking bullets, and he drove down. And that's when the neighbor come in on the news report and was all like, I'd only seen it on the news before. And, you know, like he was fucked up. The neighbor looked like he, he'd seen someone pull up because he was taking the trash out because they don't, you know, they got like a dumpster a mile away from their house. And this guy's out there just going to throw his trash in the dumpster. And he pulled, and here comes my coach shot up fucking. Uh, so while he's in the hospital, his wife and her new boyfriend steal his shit from his house. And, like, the cops killed his dogs when they pulled up because he had two German shepherds and they didn't, you know, there's a shooting. So they didn't waste no time. And it was, it was just crazy, dude. That's, that's MMA life. You know, you don't know (laughs) what the hell is happening. (laughs) This, this guy is just crazy. He, and that's what I'm trying, giving a backstory on like why these judges, when he would run in the ring and start screaming at motherfuckers, these judges knew. They're like, well, some shit's happening in his house. Your fighter won, right? It's cool. Calm down. Yes, sir. He didn't see where I parked, did he? You know, like, oh, he's bad. Yeah, but, I thought uh, I thought the characters in the, in the radio industry were strange. That's that's a story. <laughs> hey, but you know, like in the fight industry, fight is there? Okay, so there's fight industry, but then in the comedy scene, like the comedy industry. They're really not super supportive, you know, like MMA fighters, like one of my opponents, but one of my buddies, like I fought him in the past, but, uh, you know, he'd seen that I was, you know, going to be fighting soon. And, uh, he talked to my opponent and he told him like, Hey, Gary's a fighter, you know, you, it's not going to be an easy fight. And like, he talks really good about me to where like these other, like the comedians in the scene, they're, they're just like. I, I mean, they're, I don't know. It's so crazy because it's like they don't like support each other. It's so non supportive. And even like when I went to an open mic a few weeks ago, uh, like there was another comedian like super coming down on this other comedian because he wore shorts and like, like, like you would thought they were father and son or <laughs> they were going to fist fight. And you know what I mean? And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was, they're like, you can't do comedy in shorts. And I was like, well, I did comedy butt naked. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck you mean. I can't do comedy in shorts. I mean, you can do comedy in anything. It's 2022. Exactly. I did it butt naked and I didn't fuck up. It was weird. It was weird because it was a room full of naked people. And, like, normally, like, when you're up there and you're telling jokes, you normally get, like, people that you tell a fucking joke to, and then you go to the next table, 
And, and so, like, I try to make it like a concert experience because when I go to a, a show and the lead singer sings a song to me and I'm fucking, I feel like, oh, man, he sung that song, you yeah. know. And I try to make comedy kind of like that as best as possible. I mean, we're telling jokes here, you yeah. know. But I try to tell a joke to your table or your fucking group. But when everybody's naked, it really makes it difficult. And And... You don't want to be the dick gazer. You don't want to be in there like, um, you do look, you know, fuck, everybody's naked. But everybody was on the same playing field. I don't know if everybody's just like, fuck it, man. I'll take a Viagra or Cialis and just look semi-fluffed and walk. Because there's a, it was kind of cold, all right? So I'm not, like, excusing myself or anything like that. But it's just like no one walks around, like, half-flaccid. Like yeah. these motherfuckers are all were like semi chubbed <laughs> and shit. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like but there was this one guy. All right. And he was like, imagine Cotton Hill from fucking King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. And he never lost his legs. But he has a Pringles can dick. <laughs> this motherfucker lives in St. Louis and he goes to the nudie conventions and he's, he's he looked like Cotton Hill. But he had the biggest dick you'd ever seen on just a normal sized person. And you're just like, what the fuck? You have to like negotiate a woman. Even <laughs> No, there's like, that's like Tommy Lee. He would be like, damn, dude, good job, bud. You know, like that's saying a lot. You know, I was like, holy smokes. I was like, look. Well, it's got to it's gotta be hard to walking around the crowd like that because, you know, your normals, you would be able to kind of. Um, pinpoint a characteristic of a person by what t-shirt they have on or what maybe shoes or maybe a hat or whatever. And if you're completely naked, you're like, Hey buddy, I, I remember having that sort of rash at once time. And maybe you, <laughs> maybe you want to go see a doctor about that. He'll prescribe you something, you know, or, you know, Dude, I that's a very I interesting mole, sir. Because <laughs> I have my dick pierced. Oh my God. There was a guy that had like a zero gauge as a Prince Albert, so like the the tip of his penis had a zero gauge ring in it, and I was like, "Good fuck!" And he was old, like that motherfucker on a twenty year old dick ain't getting hard with that big ass thing attached to it, you know? Like, what is that thing do? What do you do with? It? I mean, it's just a it's a fucking weight. <laughs> do Kegels, you know. Work out with a no. barbell, you know. Like I was like, "Holy smoky!" <laughs> like, but it, it was it was crazy, you know. And uh, when you get up there, you can't. It, it was like you come up with rules going in because all the comedians. When I was telling them I was doing it, they all told me, "Oh, you got to do this, or you should do that, or oh, you should go in there with a rager." I'm like. <laughs> They will never invite me back to an event like that. So you got to go in there like just another day at the YMCA. You know what I mean? You just got your clothes in the locker over here and you're going to tell a couple jokes in between, you know, being naked and and getting to the locker and putting your fucking clothes back on. So I'm thinking, you know, I can tell the comedians that I've done this and this is going to just be something really neat to put into my fucking resume, basically. Yeah. But there was another comedian that was there, right? And uh, I'm stupid. Like, this is not a facade. I'm not trying to look dumb. I am fucking dumb, all right? Like, I'm not that smart. 
This guy, uh, he's another comic, and uh, he doesn't have arms. So his he's missing his arms, but his hands are, like, attached to his shoulders. And he's a sweetheart. He's a really nice guy. And I didn't know his name. But there's a guy who rolls blunt on the Internet who has the same disability, and his name is Nubs. And I thought that that was this guy's name. <laughs> And I was like, it's fucking nubs, dude. And I, all right, so I was on acid. I took some acid before I went to this fucking nudie convention because I was going to be tripping. And, and a lot of guys are like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I like it to be an adrenaline rush. Like, I like that fucking, because you can really fuck up, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever taken acid before and tried to talk in front of a room full of people. But sometimes you could draw a blank, you know, and, and like you get up there and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, but I didn't, you know, and no one even knew or anything like that. And uh, it, it's just <clears throat> when you're doing that kind of shit, uh, I I wasn't expecting a fellow comedian to be there. And I was kind of like, oh, shit. And then he was like super supportive and uh I'm butt naked, right? And I got, I just got done and I was really kind of looking to like, all right, get my clothes. I'm going to go smoke outside because, you know, you can't smoke inside this place. Yeah. And, uh, fucking, he comes up and he's like, hey, man, great set. And he has, he, he fucking fist bumped me. <laughs> and when he fist bumped me, I'm naked. And I was like, God damn it, dude, I got to make an interaction with somebody. <laughs> Holy shit. And end up tripping. So I was just like, Oh, Hey dude, who life, what a fucking journey it has been. And I was just like, dude, so like I started that set off, uh, and it's not, it's a joke, but it's not even a joke because like before I'll uh, do a show, I'm always like, man, like my mom died when I was five. So I'm not religious by no means or anything like that. But, uh, I'm all, I, I find myself like being like, I hope you're entertained, you know, like trying to talk to her before the nudie show. I was like, I hope you're not watching. Cause I got like five <laughs> other siblings. So, you know, I'd hope that if there is some kind of like afterlife and you have to sit around and watch your fucking <laughs> ignorant ass relatives, you know, that'd be terrible first off. But if there was, I was just like, man, Hope she's not watching. And I said that when I got on stage and then I was like, but if she is watching and then I knocked my dick from leg to leg because I'm <laughs> up there butt naked. So <laughs> why not? Why not just hit the elephant in the room right away? You know, because it's a couch. You're butt naked doing comedy. And uh, it's it. I don't know. It, it was definitely different. It's an adrenaline rush for sure. But it's like, dude. So I was like, <laughs> can't can't fucking beat that. But then. Life tries to beat it, and then I get booked at, like, not a funeral, but a memorial. So, like, the person's the person's gone. And this is, like, the other comedians in St. Louis thought I was flexing on them. Like, when I was all like, dude, someone wants me to do the memorial for their dad, and they're like, oh, did you know him? I was like, no. They're like, oh, well, you need to go up there and just do a line right off his casket. I was like... No, <laughs> I'm like, I don't do that kind of shit. And then he's already buried. This is a memorial. This is like to help his family, like pay for everything and yeah. shit like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, that that's the kind of advice they give you. And I'm and you know, that's like telling somebody to go up there and say the F word and I'm not talking about fuck, you know, like that's just like a bad word to say. <laughs> like in comedy and, and there's comedians that'll be like, You should get up there and say you know, and and then they're just trying to ruin new guy. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't listen to him. He's an idiot. You know, you're not Dave Chappelle. Don't get up there trying to work the the, the exactly. gay vibe in the room or anything like that. Like some guys get mad about, I got jokes that are about me being a male stripper. And I say that that job was gay. And they're like, oh, not, not gay people. Gay people do not give a fuck. They think the joke's hilarious. But like straight comedians well they they say they're straight comedians uh are like gary you shouldn't say gay i'm like what the fuck should i say there was dudes giving other dudes hand jobs in this room like it was gay shit going on i mean <laughs> gay people would say that was gay you know so i mean yeah it was gay i was a male stripper it was gay shit i don't know what other word makes you not feel like i'm being mean but i'm not I was a male stripper, you know, like, and that's not like, oh, my best friend's black type shit. No, I was in the trenches. All right. Like I seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. And it was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it really was gay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making fun of them. It was gay. Yeah. Wow. What a crazy ride. Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever done anything like that naked or talk to people like straight eye to eye contact while you're naked when, when I was a stripper yeah I, I mean yeah but they're right. throwing money yeah. at me yeah. and uh, you know that is a lucrative business and there's no male strip club in St. Louis anymore and uh, that sucks you know that was always like my backup plan I'm like damn comedy so I still got abs I could still go up there and try to make some money life it just got real weird you know like dudes all like we got bought and I was like what he's all like you got to suck my dick or I'm going to have to suck yours. And I was like, well, I'm not gay. He's like, you're not even bisexual. And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, you need to go tell the boss. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and so I went and told the boss, dude. And dude, this, I swear to God, is how life works. And I don't know what it was trying to, sh- trying to tell me or anything like that. But like, I've always wanted a red Ferrari with a yellow envelope, a, a fucking Enzo Ferrari. And when I walked out of that male strip club with my fight bag draped over my shoulder, filled with man panties and shit, because <laughs> I wouldn't suck a dick or get my dick sucked, there was a red Ferrari sitting right outside the fucking strip club. And I looked right at it, and I brushed my hand on it. And I was like... God damn it, dude. You're not gay, dude. Just get in your Dodge journey and drive your fucking straight ass back to fucking Jeffco because you don't belong here, all right? Like, God. Oh, it was so rough. But that's life. That's how it works. (laughs) A Ferrari. Yeah. You don't even see those driving down the road. You know what I mean? And it's just parked outside the strip club as I'm quitting the job because I won't suck a dick. And that guy wrapped a $20 bill around my wiener earlier. I know it was him because who else does that shit? He's like, have you ever had a burrito? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, man. And he was like, here, come here. He, oh, my God. I hope my kids aren't watching this. <laughs> but, yeah, fucking that shit. That, that's that's uh, 
Mail stripping, that was weird. It's not like Magic Mike. People think that it's like some kind of like gym fucking guys working. I know it's it's a bunch of tinks inside this uh, male strip club. And then me, I wandered in. And so I go into this lying to my buddy because you can't tell your friends that you're going to go work at a strip club. I had one friend that was a stripper and he was like, dude, you'll make $1,200 a night. And I was like... If you told me I'd make $1,200 a night, I'd be naked right now. You know, that's just how I think anybody would be in that that boat. So I think so. I went to go do it and I lied to my buddy and uh, I told him that I was going to work at Pops. And he thought I was doing security and my buddy's a hippie and he's like, open your mouth. I opened my mouth and he threw 30 hits of acid in my mouth. (laughs) 30 hits of acid. And I go to the strip club and I still have to audition. And I go in there and dudes are like, when the music starts, you go over to the stage and you get up there and you start dancing. And I ain't never, I can't fucking dance, dude. I find myself, I'm punk rock. So like when I go to like a punk show, I'm like the only one that's still, I kind of fucking started dancing because I hang out too many goddamn hippies. And like I'll find myself over there just like, woo, woo. And then I'm like, oh, dude, calm down. Do you see anyone else dancing? Chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? And so like. I'm trying to just keep that punk rock vibe going and shit. And, uh, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do when you're, uh, a fucking hippie wannabe and and you're just like, (laughs) you're out at shows. I I forgot even what the fuck I was talking about. What was I talking about? Auditioning for. Okay. Yeah. So I go up there and I, I look at it like a weigh in and I, I was like, shit, dude. I'm going to get naked here in a second. So, like, it's like weighing in for a fight. And uh, I was poor, and my fight team half the time wouldn't show up to your weigh-ins. So you would be in a room. I've been naked in front of a room full of people to get on a scale to get my ass whooped in an MMA fight. So I think I won that fight. But I got butt naked in front of, like, 60 people. So I was just like, all right, you can do this. This is, like, one guy. And I got naked. And as soon as I got naked, the guy's like, oh, you got the job. And I was like, oh, I got the job? And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, put your clothes on. I'll see you at 7. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. So, like, I, you know, like, I didn't know how to dance. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I, ex- what, what do you expect going into this, you know? And, and the acid was hitting me. So I took 30 hits of acid, and when he pointed to that stage, his hand did a tracer. It was like, and I was like, bro, you're tripping. What are you going to do for the three? Because this was five o'clock. I had to wait until seven to even start, you know. And I'm like, what are you going to do? You're in Illinois tripping acid. There was a roadblock coming into this fucking place, but it was only for the people coming out of that town, you know. I think it was like Caseyville or something shit like that. Yeah, it sounds about right. But uh, it, it was so crazy. And like the first night, I made $900. Mm. And dudes tip 20s. Like you go to a women's strip club and they're throwing dollar bills. When you go to a male strip club, they're stuffing your socks with $20 bills. Like you're walking out of there just dropping 20s all over the place. And I was like, like oh, dude, this... It could be addicting, you know. It's probably like MMA. I've never done uh, real serious drugs, 
but I feel like MMA is kind of like a real serious drug because everybody's like, oh, dude, that's a bad idea. I'm fucking 3666, and uh, I've had a broken back. I'm not the young cat I used to be, and uh, and I got diabetes, and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't fight. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't tell people what to do, you know? Like, it's my life. I I enjoy it. First and foremost, if I did, I'm no one's forcing anybody to do anything. You know what I mean? Like I love just the whole uh, experience. To me, like that when the cage door gets locked and it's just you and your opponent, it's the coolest fucking feeling in the world. And like I'm doing comedy shows where I'm banging it out with a whole town. So like. Fighting one person is easy. You, you don't have to worry about 20 of his buddies running in there and punting your head across the room. You know what I mean? Like, it, and they don't, you know, like the comics don't get that shit. And then the fighters don't understand what I'm saying when I'm telling them that shit. I'm like, dude, like comedy, I'm not not fighting. I'm just doing comedy shows and then. Some good old boys want to brawl afterwards, and the next thing you know, I've said too much. And, and you don't know when you've done that kind of shit, you know? Like, I have a face only a mother could love. And so these guys are just like, fucking, we're going to get that Gary guy after the show. He don't belong here. Yeah, I'm like, man, they got some really shiny cowboy boots. And then I'm waking up, and I'm seeing the cowboy boot, and I'm on the fucking gravel parking lot. I'm like, oh, man, there's that cowboy boot again. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. That's that's Illinois County. <laughs> Coming out here gets scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a wildlife, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wildlife. I'm too I, old for all that. I uh, just going to say, <laughs> like... Uh, I work at uh, Murphy's Diner. Oh, do you? Yeah, and uh, it's it's in Fenton, and uh, it's got like the best pancakes, really, and the best biscuits and gravy around. And I, I'm the cook there, so like I I got to be in at five in the fucking morning tomorrow. And like these old guys that come in there, you never know. Like most of the time, everybody is like the sweetest and like most night. You know that it can't. They they tell you they gas you up so fucking hard. They're like that was the best meal I've ever had, and you're like in a diner. That was the best meal you ever had, brother. Come here, need a hug. <laughs> I had kidding. one guy, and and I, I when he told me this. This guy did not know that I was a comedian. He didn't know shit about me. And he gave me the best compliment I ever had in my fucking life. And I almost hugged him. I almost went around the bar, the other side of the bar because we got a bar top. And he told me that I reminded him of George Carlin. Wow. He's oh, like, has anybody ever told you that you remind him of George Carlin? And I was like. What did you just say to me? And he was uh, like, oh, you, you know who I'm talking about? And I was like, I'm a comedian, dude. And I was like, you just gave me 
the best compliment I've ever gotten in my fucking life. I've got some good compliments, all right? Like some really, I want it to be like, sir, I was a stripper. You know how many crazy <laughs> shits I've heard? All right, I've had some really good compliments, and that might have been the coolest thing I've ever heard in my motherfucking, I could have done a handspring over the counter and hugged it, because he was like my first customer of the day. And I was just like, holy shit, dude. Like, that was cool. That was, and, and there is no reason for him to say, I don't know. I've never heard that. Most of the time they're like, you remind me of Steve-O, which is no offense to Steve-O because yeah. I love fucking Steve-O and I've wanted to be in my whole fucking life. I've done all kinds of crazy shit. And every, even when I did that, that naked comedy show, I looked at it as like, if I was around Jack, I would fucking be doing jackass stuff, you know? So like, let's just go, you know? And then like, so like the, the, the fucking Stevo shit. This guy. What the fuck was I talking about again? George Carlin. Oh, George Carlin. <laughs> so, so for him to say that is just like uh, the biggest compliment that I had ever gotten. And I was like, man, I want to tell the other comedians. And I was like, no, just keep that. Just you know, like I didn't told anybody about it. I kept it to myself, but that was like the coolest fuck. And I don't know why he said that. He never like cleared it up. He wasn't like, well, it's your way you talk or, you know, and I, I, I gave him the reasons why that guy is my favorite comedian. And like a lot of guys always ask you, you know, who's your favorite comic or who you like. And I always tell him George, because all the new, I don't really watch the new shit. And, you know, people always, it's just like being an MMA fighter. I wasn't watching a lot of these fights. And people would come at me and be like, oh, did you see this so-and-so and so-and-so fight? I'm like, no, I don't really watch. I just do it, man. I don't need to watch it. What the fuck do I need to watch it for? Yeah. Unless it's something that I'm intrigued by. I'm not just tuning in because I'm a fighter, you know, and uh, I'm not just watching a comedy show because I'm a comedian. No, I don't. I feel like a lot of that shit could influence your stuff and make your your stuff either watered down or not your stuff, you know, and I don't like to do that. I don't not not listen to other comics, but I try not to listen to other comics, if that makes sense. Like I watch their shit and I watch the room. And I see, you know, with local guys, because I'm a promoter, too. So I'll watch, and I see their reaction and how the crowd reacts. And I mean their reaction to, like, the crowd not liking a joke. You know, if they're up there and they tell a bad joke, and then they acknowledge the fact that the crowd, I hate that. I hate it when another comic gets up there and they're like, clap, clap, clap it up. Yo, how about diabetes, yo, man? I got diabetes, bro. My feet's is tingly, yo. Clap it up for diabetes, yo. I'm like, dude, quit forcing the crowd to do shit, man. Like, it, it's not funny. And the crowd's like, they, they're like, oh, shit, I got to clap again? Okay, clap it, clap it up, clap it up. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm over there like, oh, it's cringy. It's really bad, dude. You know, like, I don't know if music, music's not like that. You, you know, like, you guys get fucking... You, t you said Midwest Avengers. I worked at Guitar Center 15 years ago, and I'm pretty sure they were a band back then, weren't they? Well, they've been around for like 30 years now. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was just like, Jesus Christ. And you said another band that I, I remember, I think it was at Modern Day Zero. Yep. 
they're a fucking band again. I didn't they didn't just they just for up? one show. It was okay, just a all right, show. yeah. Because yeah, I was like, man, I remember that when I when I I worked at the Guitar Center in Crestwood, and uh, I remember I think uh, Shaky. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was there like guitar tech, and he worked in our. Uh, I think I've heard of him, but I don't know who he. I don't know him personally. So, yeah. yeah. That was back, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And when you were naming those bands off, I was like, holy shit, those are still ba- good for them. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. Like, I can't, I, I kind of want to listen to them. I kind of, yeah. like you said, you're like, what? Yeah, Midwest Avengers uh, um, just got, um, like, back in November, uh, the mayor of St. Louis uh, honored him with a Midwest Avengers Day. Oh, that's still. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Dude, I, it's going to be cool. Like, you know, you know like, I don't want to sound, I just know that one day, hopefully, I can get in, in to where I've made a name for myself in this town. And it's not, like, when I do a show, I have people, I have more people show up than bands show up to shows, you know? Like, I did that show at the Red Flag. I had 10 people there. For, I know it's only, it's just 10 people. Yeah. But, like, it was a It was a, benefit it was a Sunday show. night. It was, it was a, a benefit yeah, show. Yeah, and benefit 10 people show. showed up to see me. And uh, other bands didn't sell no tickets like that. And I'm one fucking person. And then I didn't even get to go on and fully do my my stuff and stuff because like I'm a nice guy and I just was like oh yeah they're like this band's gotta go they got work in the morning I'm like well I got fucking work in the morning too but I worked at the red flag too yeah. you know so they were just like yeah you know Gary will be fine with not going on right now and then they they cut my boss my buddy critter was coming up to me and he's like hey man how long of a set do you want to do and as he's telling me this the fucking venue lights are coming on and I work there and I know what the venue lights mean. The venue yeah. lights mean get the fuck on out. Yeah. It's over. Show's over. And I was like, I was, I was a little upset, you know, I got a little pissed off and that's when I, I ran into you there <laughs> and you looked at me like, God damn. And like, uh, one of the people, uh, that were there was, they left and they were like, I left because I don't like violence, Gary. And I was like, violence was I getting, I guess I was kind of a little pissed off and I said some shit. I don't give a fuck. I stand on that shit. Those guys are fucking dicks, you know, like I fucking, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you treat people as, as they are and what they are. And like, I ultimately don't let people talk to me other than how you talk to anyone else. So like, if you're going to fucking motherfuck me or talk to me like you're fucking, and I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm fucking Billy badass or anything like that, but I don't let other people talk to other people like that, you know, and I'm not the police or anything like that, but, uh, I got set up at there and, uh, I was working side stage and all I was doing is checking backstage passes. And then they're like, uh, this guy that was working there is like, Hey Gary, they need you at the back door. And I'm like, all right. So I go to the back door. Well, a homeless guy had gotten inside the venue. Now, the guy that was supposed to be on the back door went to the bathroom. I was not on the back door. And uh, I go to the back door and I open it up because I'm like the dumb dog. I just don't, I don't even know that I'm walking into shit. I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. And I open up the door and this motherfucker's standing there and he's like, 
we got six of you on fucking staff and not one of you stupid motherfuckers know how to do your goddamn job. And like, he's like stepping up like he's fucking talking. I was like, who are you talking to like that? Because I've been doing my job. I just got told to come here. And then I'm getting yelled at. I was like, you don't talk to me like that. And he's like, where's Jarrell at? Tell Jarrell, get over here. Jarrell, you stay out here. Gary, you go back and do your fucking job. And I was like, oh. I just, all I did was tell him, don't talk to me like that. That was it. And then, boom. Like, they just, uh, that, that is Grady. And, and that's how people work there, all right? So everybody there that works in the venue has to walk on eggshells around this cocksucker because you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Like, one day he's fine. He's never had a problem with me. I've booked shows there. You know what I mean? We, we've worked together. But he's an asshole. Like, straight asshole. And, and, and they're like, great. As soon as I left that night, Robert, who wasn't at the venue... Hits me up and he's like, Gary, Grady had nothing to do with that. I was like, well, Critter came to me and told me that Grady said that we'd run out of time as the venue lights came on. But whatever, I don't care, you know. I was like, I know that it was just a, it was a me and Grady situation. That's why no one got to see me perform. And that sucks because 10 people paid to watch me fucking perform. And I can't pay those people back. And then they come at me with... You, you lost sight of the fact that this was a benefit show for Nick. And I was like, no, I didn't. I promoted that show so fucking hard in that you did. two weeks that yeah. it come out. And I've pushed his fucking GoFundMe. And I love Nick. Nick is one of my buddies. And yeah. he's one of the, the very few people that I feel like are my actual friends that I met through the red flag. And uh, it, it, it was just like uh, they... They're just, it, it was dick move, man. That's a dick fucking move. And they know it was, you know, and that's yeah. why I don't care about throwing it out there. You know, that's some ignorant shit. And the, those 15 or 10, 15 people that, because I say 15. So there was 10 people that bought tickets for me, but there was still you, you know, you didn't yeah. buy a ticket to come see me, but you still bought a ticket. And, you know, there is still four or five other people in the room that would have loved to see me perform, but they didn't get to. And then now... Are they going to come to a future show? No, that's, you know, 10 fucking people that might not pay to come watch me perform in the future because people work the show that wanted to go home, you know, and, and it sucks. And, and I was, it, it sucks because, uh, you know, it was a benefit thing and you can't really flex on a benefit thing. You can't be like, what the fuck did you do that for? You know, cause it, it was yeah. there. Cause Nick, it helped Nick, and that's what the fucking point of the whole goddamn thing was. And Definitely. I didn't want to ever think anybody to think that I lost sight of that because that's my homie, you know. And he, that that guy couldn't fucking catch luck. I was like, "What do you just break mirrors? You walk under a ladder? What was what happened? You know, like." But where that happened at, where he got run over, that's the same area where that shooting happened. Same fucking, same place, you know, like, it's just that area of Colorado is not a very good area. That Colorado Springs, they don't even sell pot. That's crazy. If you can't sell pot. Yeah. Just stay away. <laughs> Definitely. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about pot and legal stuff and all that. We'll do that. 
Take a little break. Speaking of uh, uh, the benefit show, uh, this guy he played it, and I'm sure it was good. I I, did, I wasn't there because I had to work. <laughs> work sucks, but anyway, it's Squires. And it's a uh, it's hold up on Beyond FM. I'm gonna take my head off so my brain can breathe. <laughs> Picture me whipping round the city in a shitty Jeep. Cause talk is cheap, silence worth a milli. Uh, but we've been broke for a minute. Guess I'm spilling till we filling up the stands. Killing no more stands, it's riddled with cancer. Damn, somebody got an answer for this. Put your hands up, dance a little. Jam some middle of the mad shit. Chance to drizzle where we hizzle up in the rat hole. I'ma be blackballed for half raw tracks. Sending up in your dad's jaw like, hold up. I need a drink. Y'all so watered down, matter of fact, make it three. I'm like, hold up. I need a shrink. Thoughts so loud, neighbors knocking, need some peace. I'm like, hold up. I need a drink. Y'all so watered down, matter of fact, make it three. I'm like, hold up. I said, hold up. I'm from the show me, show me something I ain't seen before. So many come and go, I've been here before the flows. Record my soul when I die, it's like a rolling stone. If I stand the test of time, I'm a rolling stone. It's a rocky road, knocking that Baraka's door, locking low. One shot at popping, dropping something dope. Top it slow mo, I'm more like a blocker, yo. Bless you with my fingertips like you, you, hocker show. My cool fuel, but I got this, bro. I mean, who knew I would be dropping flows? Back in school, they used to mock him, so no wonder when. When I grew up, they act cool, trying to copy notes. I would low regardless. My pencil be bombarding. Another starving artist, but you could call me Sergeant. Five stars on the collarbone, calling shots. Hoping I don't have to die to make it to the top. Hold up. I need a drink. Y'all so watered down. Matter of fact, make it three. I'm like, hold up. I need a shrink. Thoughts so loud. Neighbors knocking, need some peace. I'm like, hold up. I need a drink. Y'all so watered down. Matter of fact, make it three. I'm like, hold up. I said, hold up. I said, hold up. Beyond FM, the best of everything STL. Chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things that make life worth living.
sleep away. It's high vibe. And the best of everything STL beyond FM. Speaking of high, you like how I tied that in? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so I guess today, officially, you know. It's legal. It's legal. To have. To have. And you to hold a caress. without a med card and purchase it in Missouri yet, but to have three ounces it's cool, but if you got four ounces, I wonder what the fuck happens. I don't want to find out. I don't either. Yeah, I did. I, oh, just look the other way. That's her ounce. But it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, like, so many people were like, don't legalize it. it. It was like Trailer Park Boys, you know, when Ricky was like, don't legalize pot and shit, and... It, it was real life that yeah. was really going on. And I was like, why not? And they're like, no one could give you a good fucking reason. And then some people were out of state. Like my friend from Illinois who was telling me not to vote or not to le- help vote to legalize pot. And I was just like, well, why the fuck not? You know, like I, I've got buddies. I got a pot dealer. I don't have to go to a fucking dispensary and buy pot. But my friends that don't have it, and then the people that need it, like the you know old people that can use it for the CBD or the different you know benefits that you know THC helps with, they're going to be able to get it now, and they don't have to go to some shady ass fucking teenager or some kid and fucking possibly get ripped off. You yeah. go to a dispensary, get ripped off. Well, and <laughs> and and the and the and the possibilities of it being laced or, or whatever, it, it, you know, by or other drugs or being yeah, exactly sold to you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I fucking go and buy some mushrooms, and my mushroom guys all like, dude, come here, check this out real quick. And I was like, what's up? He's like, dude, look at this fucking mushroom. He's like, does it look like it's got mold on it? And I was like, hey, brother, this is mold. Yeah. They're fucking mushrooms. And he was like, holy shit. I didn't even think about that. And I was like, wow, dude, this could be in a movie, man. Like, <laughs> this is hey, not even man, a joke. Come here and look at this. Yeah, and he's like showing me in the light. And I'm like, what? He's like, does that look like mold on there? I was like, you know that these are mold, right? <laughs> this is mold. It's a big chunk of mold you're selling me here. I want a refund. <laughs> Your mold's got mold on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really moldy mold. Dude, I've eaten mushrooms. When I was a kid, I ate mushrooms that were in my buddy's drawer that were like three years old. And we went to Club 2720 tripping balls. Tri- my buddy got the biggest cold sore on his face that you'd ever seen. So much so that there was a painter, you know how hippies do. Mm-hmm. There's a painter painting this guy stopped painting the mural of a fucking artwork that he was doing and started painting my buddy with this mega cold sore on his face. And that picture stayed in Club 2720's bathroom until the day it closed. And this dude, like, he took those mushrooms, but he was like a cancer kid. So, like, he barely fucking made it out of fucking Cardinal Glennon. He was like one of five kids that lived in his wing. You know the story. But he was stuck up, dude. Like, it burnt. It, he fucking got handed so much. And he was a boxer. I met him through fighting. And uh, everybody just acted like the guy was just, like, going to die any day still. And he was fine. And he just kind of, like, abused it a little bit. Not that I would say, you know, but it was just kind of like, you're like, oh, God. So 
we're at that fucking club. He's got the cold sore from hell going on. And uh, I'm realizing that I'm old because I was like the only one that could buy alcohol. And they're selling alcohol, but like no one could buy alcohol. Everybody had like X's on their hands. And I'm over here like stirring a vodka and orange juice because I'm tripping. And I'm trying to get that orange juice, you know, going. And I'm like, yeah, vodka and orange juice. So I'm over there stirring it. And I'm like, you're the only one drinking in this room. (laughs) Oh, you are old, brother. (laughs) And I was like, son of a bitch. And that's hard to take, you know. And you're like, fuck. So I go over to this room and they got like an upside down American flag and it's all burnt up and then failed is written on every white line on the flag. And so I sit there and I'm tripping and I pull up a seat. You might as well have had a TV rolling. So I sit there and I'm like, holy shit. And I'm just like, man, that's fucking crazy. And so this little guy that was supposed to be our designated driver comes up and gives me Molly. And I never done it at the time. And I take this fucking Molly, and uh, now I'm tripping on these three-year-old mushrooms from this dude's fucking drawer (laughs) and this Molly. And I go out back, and this fucking, my buddy with his cold sores got this bitch on his arm. And I'm never, like, hating on my friend. If you're getting pussy, good for you. You know what I mean? Like, I am not that guy. But this fucker would be the type of guy that would smoke all your pot and then have a bag of weed in his pocket and then walk out the door and fire one up for himself and walk off, you know? (laughs) And uh, this girl is over there, like, petting him and shit, and and she's, like, talking him up. And I was like, this guy's a fucking mooch. And she's like, take it back. (laughs) I should have known when her voice switched over to... You ever had somebody, like voice go from like talking like this to be like the devil and you're like whoa shit that's what she did she turned and this was before fucking walking dead or zombies or anything like that so this bitch turned and she jumped across this fucking little root this circle area where we're like basically it would be like almost like a mosh pit but it's just hippies hanging out and like freestyle dancing to to EDM (laughs) music This bitch jumped across and bit me on my arm. Bit me to the point of blood pouring down my arm. And she's still biting me. I'm watching blood go down my arm. And I like Heismaned her right upside the head. (laughs) And she went back and she was like, you're really angry. (laughs) Of course. I was like, you just fucking bit me, you stupid fucking vampire bitch. And I was like, are you are you kidding me right now? And I still got a mark on my arm from this bitch biting me. So, uh. My buddy finds it to be the funniest shit because I was cock blocking him, kind of. You know what I mean? It, that cold sore was definitely <laughs> cock blocking him. Yeah. But I definitely saying that shit made him a little angry, and uh, <laughs> we leave. And so, like, I thought, you know, when she was like, "You're really angry," and I thought that maybe someone in this crowd was her boyfriend or some guy that was going to stand up for me, just popping her on the head. And uh, I thought this guy was, and I was like, you want some motherfucker? And he was like, no, I don't. Well, then I hawk a mania my shirt off. I don't know why, but I'm on Mushrooms and Molly. So I just tear off my shirt like fucking Hulk Hogan. I don't know. So my buddies are like, let's get this idiot out of here, you know? So they're like escorting me out and I'm raged up. And some guy just walks up and gives me a $20 bill. 
And we get to the car, and dude's are like, why did that guy give you 20 bucks? Was it the same guy from the strip club on the burrito? (laughs) (laughs) It was. He was all like, that's him. I have no idea. He just handed me 20. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I was like, he just gave me 20. I stuck it in my fucking pocket. I wasn't going to ask him questions. But uh, our designated driver, Mr. Frodo, the guy that gave me the Mali, was tripping so hard. And we get in the car, and uh, we're driving down 55 past the brewery. And I look over at the horses, and I was like, it seems like we're going like 30 miles an hour. No, we were doing 40. And it was one of those old Oldsmobiles that had the big lit up fucking odometer, you know, (laughs) and it says 40 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, hey, dude, I don't want to go to jail tonight. I'm fucking tripping and bleeding right now. And he's like, (laughs) I was like, you think it's funny? I was like, oh, dude, I was raged up. They, they dropped me off at home. But like, that was one of the most craziest. Like, mushrooms don't go bad was the whole point of that story. <laughs> we, we got off track a little bit. but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mushrooms don't go bad. Three, three-year-old <laughs> mushrooms sat in dude's drawer. Still had a rager that night. Yeah, obviously they, they still work very well. Yeah, you could get zombie attacked in St. Louis. You don't know. Thank God that club's gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. They don't they just don't have any cool clubs anymore. Ready room? Fuck. I I got solicited for prostitution there. I went to a Hawthorne Heights show and Atari's there. Mm-hmm. And this girl come up and was all like, You are so sexy. I would give you two hundred dollars to suck your dick right now. And I was like, he just look around this room and was all like, that guy looks like he'd be fine with solicitation. <laughs> and she was like, no, oh my God, I come off wrong, didn't I? And I was like, how else are you supposed to come off to that? Yeah, I really don't know how you'd go about that. I mean, that's pretty fucked up, you know? And she's all like, all right, never mind. You know what? Just take my number. And if you ever need some money, I'll suck your dick for 200 bucks. And I was like, huh, all right. I took her number because I'm a whore. And, you know, who's not going to take up on a $200 blowjob, you know? I was like, all right, whatever. It's usually the other way around. You know, and you you hear stories like that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I take it. And then, dude, then you get in the situation, you're like, wait a minute. So, (laughs) I had a security company at the time, and we were doing uh, picking on the Hoosaw, which was like a bluegrass festival. And I hired like five or six uh, security guys and order to pay them. I wanted to have my money already before the show started. I wasn't telling the, the vin or the, uh, promoter that I just myself would want it to have everybody's pay yeah. before I put them on so that I wasn't, they weren't waiting on Sunday for me to cash a check on Monday for them to get paid. That's yeah. just not how I work. So, I sold my ass, basically. So uh, <laughs> I fucking hit this lady up. And I was all like, oh, yeah, fucking, you know, were you serious? You suck my dick for 200 bucks? And she was like, fuck, yeah, what's your name? I sent her my name. She sent that shit to Walmart. And I went to Walmart thinking, you know, I'm going to pick up 200 bucks. I get there, it's $500. Wow. And I was like, and the lady at Walmart was all like, oh, it's not that. She's all like, here, I'm going to write down the number that it is. 
And then she wrote down the number, and I was like, five. Oh, my God, bitch. Like, you have no idea what I got to do for this money? <laughs> I, I felt like Scary Terry. I'm like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I, 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 fucking, I fucking get it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. That whole weekend, I was like, man, you're going to be a skin suit. I, <laughs> I would look great just beef jerkied and wrapped around someone's body. So I'm just like, son of a bitch, this is how you're going to meet your end, bud. You just sold yourself for $500. Way to go. So on Monday, she's all like, you better not have fucked me. You better fuck me and not fucked me. And I'm like, oh my God. I thought it was a blowjob for fucking... 200 bucks she sent me 500 bucks someone's gonna get fucked i feel like you know this is the the end game so my brother's a little slow but i could talk him into anything so he was like my pimp so she's like meet me at the ameristar uh i'm like all right so what i did was i brought my brother and i was like you just stay gamble for a little bit if i'm not back in an hour here's the room number you yeah. come and save my ass. And he's all like, all right, I'm Gator, bro. I'm Gator. And I was all like, whatever. And he's all like, yeah, that's what I am. I'm, I'm your fucking pimp. And I was like, however you want to. I don't know if I can get in trouble for this. I don't think I can, right? No? Who knows? Who gives we, a fuck? We didn't name anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, so I go up there, and this lady opens the fucking door and rips me into the room Pulls my pants down, starts giving me a fucking blowjob, pushes me back into this chair. I mean, like the sloppiest blowjob. I mean, like your belly button's wet, sloppy, <laughs> you know? And fucking. She moves my balls out of the way. Now, mind you, I'm looking at the right leg of the arch. That's how St. Louis this story is is because like she's got a room at the four seasons because she's got money you know she just paid five hundred dollars to suck my dick at this point you know so she moves my balls out of the way and just starts eating my ass like i'm a girl getting her pussy eaten and i was kind of into it i'm not gonna lie i sat back i was like what the fuck i was married for 13 years and my wife never even looked at my butt you know i'm sitting here like oh my god this is crazy. And I'm looking at the leg of the arch and I'm like, I'm so St. Louis. I was like, this is, this is so fucking gangster, dude. And I'm like, fuck, it's probably been an hour. This, and, and she's just like, like you would eat the best pussy. Imagine eating the best pussy and just being like, Oh my God. That's how she's eating my ass. She's just like, you're fucking. Oh, it's so good. I'm just like, I wish I was more prepared for that, you know, like, but whatever. So I go back down. I tell her, I'm like, hey, my brother's my pimp. And he's been waiting down in the lobby gambling. Hopefully maybe made some money. I don't know. I gave him $75 to start this whole fucking endeavor off because I was broke. That's the whole reason I was selling my ass, you know. And uh, she is all like, oh, here's $200. Tell him to play for two more hours and get your ass back up here. No, we burned out. As soon as I got down there, I was like, yo, dude. He's all like, yo, did you did you do it? And I was like, "Hmm, yeah. I was like, dude, she ate my butt. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, no, dude. That girl paid me $500 to eat my ass. And he was like, that's crazy. I was like, no, it gets crazier. He's like, how? I was like, she gave me two more hundred dollars. She paid me $700 to eat my ass. 
I mean, she didn't even really suck my dick too long, you know? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. And then, so, like, the way it goes is uh, I uh, told my buddy about this, and uh, I showed him her on Facebook, and then he became in a relationship with her. Now, I didn't talk to this guy, and uh, he was kind of a dirtbag, and uh, he was on heroin, and I had no idea or anything like that. He was a magician, so he could do, like, a lot of card tricks and shit like that. But he was also a heroin addict. And uh, so she unfriended me, unfollowed me, or whatever. I don't know. You don't know when people do that. But she was one of those people that hit you up and is like, Hey, uh, sorry I unfriended you. Uh, please accept my friend request. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And she's like, and by the way... Don't tell your junkie friends to try to date me. And I was like, I had no idea. And she's like, he overdosed in my bathroom and had to be revived in front of my kid. I was like, that's your fault. <laughs> I wasn't like, hey, man, I just was like, hey, this bitch had money. She likes eating buttholes. And he was all like, game, dude. I think I'm going to make out with her for a couple of years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm going to overdose in her bathroom. Yeah. Oh. Everybody's got a friend like that, huh? Oh my God. Especially, oh, yeah. especially in this town. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Everybody's got a friend like that, right? Oh, okay. Let's take a break. Uh, one thing uh, I'll mention uh, just to promote them because it was such a fun interview and all that. Um, on the 10th at the Heavy Anchor, uh, our good friends and um, Ben Diesel. Uh, it's going to be a Dan Kelly Christmas at the Old Heavy Anchor. And um, so we'll play some Ben Diesel now. How about that? Heavy anchor's awesome. Oh, nothing, yeah. nothing like a little butthole eating a Ben Diesel transition there. Yeah. That's 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 why I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is South City Christmas and it's on Beyond FM. I think Santa smoked my weed. I think Santa smoked my weed. He didn't take the cookies or the reindeer feed. No, he just smoked my weed. I think Santa drank my ride. I think Santa drank my ride The glass of milk is full But the bottle's gone dry I think Santa drank my ride
Best of everything STL. All day, all night. We're coming to you 24 7, 365 days a year. Beyond FM. Yo, if you searching for the game, let me explain. We got it tied in the knot. We apply the pressure, whatever weather, whether you like it or not. We came here to get it. We on a mission. The ending is right at the top. Leave the crowd in a frenzy, whatever city. Then we divide up the pot. Then we hit the block. Yeah, we dip and whip it real hard. Yeah, we call the shots because we run it like a drill sergeant. Show the hook is deadly. If you test me, you'll see real stars. Still one in the game. That's a shame because it's still our skill, boy. Back in the day, it was all bad. Still trying to get my mind right. Even though I wouldn't change my past, it looks much better in hindsight. Coming up, didn't have much until I realized I Around and got signed twice. We stepping on all of this pretty show. You mumbling, wishing you could spit. Now find another hole to release your issue. Other than this one, my foot's in. Don't come to spar with Uncle Scar. I'm fucking bra. Crush your jaw. Lay them all down upon the lawn and stop the yard so fucking hard. Yo, you think you iller than me? Ha, damn, homie, bless your soul. You miss Parker and J.R. Smith. A list of the people that just don't know. You focus on the power. I focus on killing beats. And no, it's not an album. Shit, it's more like a killing spree. No reason to leave you breathing. No preaching to send you off with no blessings unless you sneeze and no sneeze. Inside this coffin, so tell me what's popping off. These rappers have gotten soft. Me and Cypher got these haters looking yeah. lost. If you're searching for the game, let me explain. We got it tied in a knot. We apply the pressure, whatever weather, whether you like it or not. We came here to get it. We on a mission. The ending is right at the top. Leave the crowd in a frenzy, whatever city. Then we divide up the pot. Then we hit the block. Yeah, we dip and whip it real hard. Yeah, we call the shots because we run it like a drill sergeant. Show the hook is deadly. If you test me, you'll see real stars. Still one in the game. That's yeah. a shame because it's Look, people be thinking I'm stupid. I'm in the making of prove it. When I got the pen, I'm dropping the gems. Kind of like Jacob the Jewelist. I know I'm dating the cutest. She was just playing my music. If you're with your ten, then we gon' pretend that all of them younger was useless. Back to the facts, I'm still dope. Pass me the mask, that's real smoke. Whacking cause act like they snapped on the track. Saying, rap, 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 man, chill, bro. My respect, I kill for. Why neglect my skills, though? Find the best in this sign is checking in. Watch me get wrecked by real bro. Yo, you think you sicker than me? Homie, that's a common code. You Donald Trump and J.R. Smith. For listening some people that's kind of slow. I stay ready to drive my nose. Hold on, wait. I'm a toast. Cheers to all you mumble rappers that got the dough without the flow. Cut the bitch off. We changing the energy. The only click that could flip the game as an entity. It feel good when you famous for killing beats. Cypher is in your hood. Yeah. Those flamers are trilogy. For the game, let me explain. We got it tied in a knot. We apply the pressure. Whatever weather, whether you like it or not. We came here to get it. We on a mission. The ending is right at the top. Leave the crowd in a frenzy. Whatever city. Then we divide up the pot. Then we hit the block. Yeah, we dip and whip it real hard. Yeah, we call the shots because we run it like a drill sergeant. Show the hook is deadly. If you test me, you'll see real stars. Still one in the game. That's a shame because it's still our skill, boy. Look at these lames looking for fame. They're going to be looking a bunch. We apply the pressure. Rattle on pleasure. Eat these rappers for lunch. Then spit out the chain. Just at the game. We got a tight in the night and bow. Leave fans banging like rock and roll. Got a whole lot more lock and load. Rock the show in different states. Divide the dinner plate. Liberate the beer and disappear and hit the end. The state they looking at me 
Oh, you think you're doper than me? Ha, homie, I eat your soul. You and Scotty and Steve Urkel. That's a list of the people that just don't know. They say we not a problem. They know what they talking about. Cause this ain't even a rap song. This shit's more like a slaughterhouse. Fuck them, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling that shit you digging. I'll dig you down in the grave and I'll bury you in your own opinions. I murder you and your minions. Crossfire catching civilian ciphers back. Hide your women, hide your children. It's the best of everything STL Beyond FM. Thanks for everybody who's uh, uh, been tuning in tonight because I, I, I do see you all kind of hanging out, and we appreciate that. Uh, just a reminder, uh, whether you're listening now live or uh, listening to this on Spotify or wherever, we do have a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio station. It's called Beyond FM, and we have a free app for it. Um, it's for Android and iOS, and we play... Uh, St. Louis artists, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what we do. And we have a couple cool, really live, cool live shows as well, including this one. And we have one on Monday night. It's called Hat Tricks with Patrick. And they talk St. Louis sports, play St. Louis music, have, you know, St. Louis personalities on there. So it's it's a good time on there as well. So, um, and uh, also you can check out our website, um, beyondfm24-7.com. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, once again, our, our guest tonight is comedian, MAA fighter, and just overall uh, good person and, and personality uh, and, and some stories. He's got stories. Um, and I'm speaking of uh, Gary Becker. Um, so thanks for hanging out with us tonight and, and coming Absolutely, out. Absolutely, dude. That's and I knew, we, we, I knew it was just going to be just a conversation and you know nothing major to promote or anything like that. We just wanted to celebrate the... The fact yeah, that you pot's know, legal, pot's legal, and and that's a reason to yeah. sit around and and and, and I try to tell people like that, you know, working at Murphy's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm, work, I swear to God, I'm probably going there tomorrow. Eat now. <laughs> yeah, working there, you know, like th- those old people. You know, I try to to let them know, like it's just like you're trying to. Uh, they they always expect you to have a show or something, you know, coming up. And, like, I did. You know, I had a manager, and I was booked all the way until next year. And uh, I let hundreds of dollars cost me thousands. But at the same time, I didn't get fucked. And I don't know. I don't know how it sits with me because at the time. Right. So I was doing a show in uh, fucking Ohio or something like that, and it was a clean comedy show, and uh, that's that's pretty hard to do. It's not easy, well, especially when you're used to just kind of doing what you want. Especially yeah. when I go up there tripping acid, <laughs> like I, I I I pretty much trip acid and go and do comedy, and and I just like to do. I don't know. It's just fun. I don't know. I think it's it adds a a little bit of a, a spur to that boot, you know, and. uh it, 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 it adds, it's too easy. All right. So I'll say it, it fucking comedy is kind of easy. And, and a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's harder than it looks. Well, no dude, like it's not that fucking hard. You know, it, it really isn't. And, uh, it's being able to deliver punch. Well, the reason why I think it's hard for some people is because they try to be somebody else where you're going up they, there and just being yourself. Exactly. And I say that I'm like, dude, you wake me up at two in the morning and as long as you got like a blunt and like a good reason why you fucking woke me up at two o'clock in the morning, I'm that same person. I'm the same guy that's on the stage. I don't, I don't ever want to be fake. I try not. To, but then it's like that Chappelle skit where it's like we're keeping it real goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like I fucking kept it real so much that it's cost. You know, like I was booked every fucking weekend until next year. 
And, and when I fired my manager was in September and, uh, he just talked too much. You ever just meet people that just say too much and like you guys are in business together and you're like, you probably shouldn't talk numbers if you're bending me over and fucking me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's what it was. So like I was doing this show and, uh, I was told by him that I was getting 200, uh, to go. All right. And then, uh, to do the show, I was going to get another hundred once we got there. And it basically, he was just bullshit me, and I was going to drive. So I was going to pick him up at his town in uh, Centralia, Illinois, and then drive all the way to fucking Ohio. And he's sitting in my back seat and eat food that you know he might not even have the money to pay for because he's that kind of a guy, you know. And, and fucking uh, he, so I posted. I, I almost got into a fight at a bar and in Jeffco, and uh, I won't name that bar because it doesn't deserve to be named, but this guy... It's kept, not hard to get in a fight at a bar in Jeffco, though. No, no, especially <laughs> when really you hard. look like this turd, you know? <laughs> I've, I've almost been in quite a few of them. I'm, I'm guy, a Jeffco kid, too, so... It was a full metal jacket shit, dude. Oh, my God. So this guy come up, and this old lady was sitting next to me and he was like, is this your boyfriend? And she was like, oh, no, this ain't my boyfriend. And he's like, I know who that motherfucker is. He's like, that's that motherfucker who doesn't like Jesus. And I don't care about anybody's religion. Like, I used to be super into church and super into religion. I went on mission trips to so many places. I passed out tracks and all kinds of stupid shit for Jesus. And I don't hate on anybody for their belief. I just don't believe it, you know? And uh, that's what this asshole said. So I found this picture on Facebook, and it was like an 80s picture, and the guy was smoking a cigarette. And on his shirt, it said, I'm a slut for Jesus. And it was like a knitted shirt. And this guy was smoking a big ass like palm oil. And I thought that was a funny fucking picture. So I shared it. And when I shared it, that fucking clean comedy show in Ohio or Iowa, wherever fucking state that was, uh, wanted me to take that down. And I was like, what? And he was like, dude, and this guy's my manager. And he's like, hey, man, uh, show the theater wants you to remove that uh, I'm a slut for Jesus post. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, bro, dude, you're doing a clean comedy show there. And, you know, they they just find that pretty offensive. It's kind of offensive, Gary. And I was like, no one's bought the rights to my Facebook content. So I don't know. Yeah. I what, mean, if they want to sponsor me and, and pay me for that would be to totally be a, different. a clean cut person, then I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at this guy yeah. and think that I'm not going to do some dumb <laughs> shit like that, exactly. and I didn't do it to try to make a theater in Ohio mad. I did it to make the guy mad at the bar whenever he went to look at my, because you know how people are. They go looking up Facebook things and then he pulls up that I'm a slut for G. It was just gangs. I loved it. Yeah. All right. So whatever. And fucking, uh, so he was like, Gary, if you don't take down that fucking post, I'm going to have to pay him $500. And I was like, I thought I was getting 200 Now, he was doing these shows with me as booking me because I won the ANU, the Artists United, mm-hmm. St. Louis's favorite comedian shit. And uh, he was using that as a leverage to get me booked on different shows and different venues. And that's why we were booked from September till 
January, I think February, we were going to be doing shows all the way up until February, basically like a tour. And, uh, he was using my credits and my, you know, different, you know, opening act. Cause he's burnt bridges. Like he's been doing it for 10 years and like everybody in St. Louis doesn't fuck with this guy. And when they knew I was messing with him, they were like, Gary, what the fuck are you doing? But none of them were booking me. And this guy's paying me $300 an hour to do comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do, I don't, you know, I don't yeah. care as outside of like, burning crosses and shit. I'm not going to get up there and do anything like that, but like, you're going to pay me that kind of money. I can look the other way on some, uh, you know, you got politically incorrect views or some shit, you know, but none of the comics in St. Louis book you. And, and so I started working with this asshole and, uh, he was, he was like pro bono. Like we were just splitting chips at the end of the night when he was not splitting chips, you know, he's making, twice the amount of money that I'm making. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And I just said something to him. And, and then like the week prior, we had done a balloon fest in Centralia and, uh, it was a clean comedy. Now that's his hometown. So I got there a little late. I got there like two minutes late and, uh, you gotta be police chaperoned. You get in there. Then they take you by golf cart to the stage. It's real like official shit, you know? Yeah. And I get there and he's already on stage and he's up there. And, uh, I tried to say like, you know how Albert Pujols would watch a pitcher and he just watched a game. That's how I try to do a room with comedy. When I watch, I watch a fucking room. I don't listen to the comic and what the hell he's saying too much. I watch the delivery and I watch how they receive it and I watch what works and what doesn't work and then I write my set. So I'm watching that shit and it's cringy and it's supposed to be clean comedy and he's up there talking about stomping shit down a drain, but he's calling it poop, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like people are trying to eat their pretzel and cheese and exactly. their state fair fucking corn dog and shit. They're not <laughs> and trying they don't, they to, don't want to think about their poop. <laughs> hearing about corn being stomped down the poop or the drain in the bathtub, you know, like, and it was cringy. And then he got off and people were like, oh, and then I got up there and fucking aced. I did 40 minutes of clean comedy. Didn't even come close to cussing and just. Uh, I tell a joke to tell a joke to tell a joke that all leads back to the first joke and bring it all together. And like I had people come up to me and talk to me and start following me and shit like that after the show that were like old, old women, you know, like not in my demographic of Mm -hmm. people that you would think would fucking like me, but they just wanted to come check out my tattoos and then hear it and see who the fuck is telling this crazy ass story and shit. And, uh, whatever. So whenever I caught him with the fucking money situation, I said, Hey dude, you know, like, uh, we're doing this show. Like how the fuck is this going to work? Well, that's the other thing is the shows in another state. And they had sold like 200 and something tickets for the show. It was in a theater. It's a big deal that they were doing comedy. Uh, and they sold it as me as the headliner. They didn't sell it as Tim Loss or anyone else as anything. And that's the guy's fucking name. And, uh, you know, they didn't sell it as him as the headliner. And for the past year of me and him doing comedy, I've been the main guy. And he's opened up. And he doesn't have... 
30 minutes of material that a that a fucking crowd is interested in. Yeah. So he goes, uh, hey, dude, what place do you want to open tomorrow at that show? Because there was another comic that was from that around that area that we were going to meet. And he was giving me the option of either me or him opening the show. And I'm a headlining comic. And I'm the reason, and I'm the fucking marquee on this show. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the mayor's going to be there. And they've sold 200. They pretty much sold this show out, bro. And that's a lot of people to be in front of. And I just don't want you to get up there and fuck it up. (laughs) And I was like, you mean the guy who talked about stomping shit down a drain with corn chunks going everywhere at a clean comedy show? They couldn't put 30 minutes together. He's worried about me going up there with, like, come on, man. He's like, well, you've never done an hour-long clean comedy. I was like, I've never had the opportunity. Yeah. I said, you put the opportunity in front of me, and I've always excelled in the, in the opportunity. So just like this, if you put an hour time frame in front of me, I'm going to go up there, and for an hour, I'm going to give you church Gary. And he's not going to cuss and he's going to come up with a way of, of saying it, you know, and I'm not going to talk about poop or sex or, you know, like it's clean comedy, you know, you got, yeah. Comedy just writes itself. If you're, if you're fucking life happens and life around it is pretty funny for the most, if you have a life and I feel like that's where a lot of the comics lose it is they don't have, they're not interesting. They go to open mics three times a week, four times a week. That's their social life is going up and telling the same fucking laffy taffy joke to the other five comics. And they all laugh. They all jack each other off. And like, <laughs> you're like, over, you're, I'm, I'm the outsider. So I watch it and I'm like, Oh, we went through a whole COVID pandemic and you didn't write one fucking new joke. You've been told that joke. And like that, you know, and then when you talk to the other comics, they're like, oh yeah, they told those jokes before you came around. I've yeah. only been doing comedy for three years. And so like prior to me coming, you know, they've been doing it for nine years of doing the same joke. That's cringy. And it's not even, it might be funny. It's not like dark humor. It's, it's just like, Almost a dad joke, but it's like a really bad dad joke and shit. Yeah. And that's the other thing at, at Murphy's Diner. Uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, th- this old guys always got to run their dad jokes by. You know, they all, they hit, I probably get at least four to six dad jokes because it's always two. It, for some reason, it's not like I got one joke for you, man. You know, you're like, oh, here we go, dude. (laughs) And then they're like, you can use that on stage if you want. And I'm like, well, street jokes really aren't allowed on stage. I mean, you could go up there and and tell some jokes that you heard. But trust me, all these comedians that gatekeep, they just gatekeep. So, like, I watched this guy one time, and I thought he was fucking great. But he was up there telling Richard Pryor jokes. Yeah. So I thought... Richard Pryor is amazing. <laughs> I was born in 86. I think Richard Pryor ended in 86, you know? Like, I'm over here like, holy shit, dude, this guy's fucking good. And these other comedians are like arms folded, and they're like, this is fucking terrible. And I was like, you thought that was bad? They're like, he's stealing Richard Pryor jokes. And I was like, huh? Ah. Richard Pryor's 
awesome. <laughs> that was great. And then they get off stage and they like come at them hard. And I'm like, they're like, you don't use other motherfuckers jokes. And I'm like, it's, it's real. You know, like I would never go up there and do something that I heard you tell me, you know what I mean? Like that's stealing first off. Yeah, but then there's other comedians that pay. So like when I first started, there was a comedian that bought a joke from another comedian but then it wasn't like working and shit like that. And I was like, hold on a second. You guys are buying it. And then like my type of comedy is like stories with a punchline to where it's not like I'm like, knock, knock, who's there? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I tell a story and I got a punchline and you know what I mean? And uh, to where they expect it to be like uh, dad jokes or like, uh, you know, that kind of shit just... To me, I don't find that entertaining. You know, I watch it and I'm just like, oh, here we go. Dude. And, and, you know, like I grew up in a trailer park in Jeffco. You know, I had all the Hoosier guys that bought my weed and bought, they, they, they bought me alcohol and then I sold them weed. You know, so <laughs> it's like we had this whole system going, you know, they're looking rough, but, you know, they, they definitely helped me uh, be able to handle hecklers. And be able to, you know, like, uh, you'll see comics that will be like, oh, man, I hope, like, and this shit really happens. People will be like, oh, I hope someone heckles me tonight. And then they get up there and someone does heckle them and they got nothing. They'll, yeah. like, ghost them or they fucking be like, thank you, guys. That's all I got. You guys have a good night. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened, man? You guys, are, I don't know. I like I like having it because like I I grew up in Jeffco around all Hoosier bikers, and, and I ran into one of the guys that like is the reason I got so many tattoos because he was like a heavy equipment operator and he's a biker and he's just a badass guy to me. He was a little short guy and I just idolized him. He always was a cool ass dude. And then I ran into him at a Ponderosa or, or no, I think it's called Wesley Rogers now in Arnold. Yeah. It's a, a, a 61, 67 Richardson Ooh, road. I, I, I didn't mean to promote them. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fucking, uh, so I run into him there and, uh, he has a new girlfriend because, you know, we all, sometimes you get a new girlfriend. So I was like, Oh my God, Ed, how the fuck are you doing, dude? And he was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> hey, what are you, how what are are you, you? doing here? <laughs> and then I said, this is, you're the reason I look so fucking ridiculous. And I looked this ridiculous. And he looked at his old lady like, don't listen to him, babe. He, I am not fucking responsible for this shit. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, he does not like the way I look. And, and like, you know. I look a certain way, I guess. <laughs> and the, even the biker guy that lived up the street that I idolized and him and his brother were tattoo guys and tattooing each other and like, you know, all that shit. He looked at me like, oh man, like, it, I don't know. I don't have a dad, but I imagine if I just disappeared and then I came across my dad all of a sudden, that's probably how my dad would look at me. Like, God damn it, dude, you went overboard and like you don't realize you're in over your head until you're over your head and then like you go to a tattoo shop or a tattoo convention and i was a freak show at the tattoo convention because no one has their eyelids done yeah and like the 
tattoo artist had questions. The people getting tattooed, like, and my buddy had a podcast, and we were supposed to go around and we we're supposed to interview artists and people getting tattoos. But they didn't want to talk to me about anything other than my fucking face tattoos. And I was like, oh, man, dude. I was like, I am at the freak show, and I am a freak show. I'm like the one-man freak show at the freak show. There's people stabbing swords through their face. (laughs) And they want to talk to me about – and to me, I was just – I don't know. Like, I went to Iron Age one too many times. And then, you know, like, uh, my tattoo guy, he's at uh, Tower Grove Classic now. Mm -hmm. And – he was the head guy at Iron Age, and now he switched to to that shop. But uh, he's got he does the best like single needle work. And I don't know how uh, many eyelids you've ever seen, but like that Grim Reaper is like I don't I've never I might be one of the few people that have their eyelid. I I don't know anybody that has that much on their eyelid, you know. And like while it was happening it was during COVID. And it was like being abducted by uh, by Mexican aliens. Because like everybody was Hispanic in the tattoo shop. And so like, you know, you got to keep your eyes closed. And then when you open your eyes, no one was tattooing. All the tattoo artists were standing around the chair like watching. You're, like you're on, on an operating table and yeah. all the doctors are looking and at And then you. when I'd open my eyes up, they're like, oh man, you are fucking crazy, bro. You are fucking crazy, bro. And I'm like, oh man. All you guys confirming that I'm crazy really makes me feel pretty fucking crazy, you know? <laughs> and then I woke up the next day and I felt like barf from space balls. Like I woke up and my eye was jet black. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you have done it, dude. You look like a complete idiot. Oh, man. <laughs> and it grew on me. Like it took me like three or four days before I was like, all right, I don't regret. What are you going to do? Laser it off? Yeah. It's on your eye. I'm pretty sure they don't do that. You're pretty stuck with it now. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a walking <laughs> fingerprint. Yeah. I couldn't commit a crime. I'm not beating any cases. No. Yeah, I get I get apprehended and I'm going down. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I was the same way growing up. Like uh, all you know, all my friends were kind of yeah, yeah. I'd say they were a little crazy, and uh, it seemed like they would do something stupid, but I would get popped for it because they like knew like. Like, Somehow it's, Tony. it's the white kid, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Arnold too. So you were you, yeah. When did you go white? Oh, I was born that way. Were you? Oh yeah. Okay. Cause my buddy Jason is the same. So his grand or his uncle, I'm sorry, is the Macy Santa Claus. Nice. And like, he doesn't work a normal job cause he shouldn't. He's yeah. the fucking Macy's day Santa Claus. And he sits inside and lets little kids sit on his lap and that kind of shit. But, like, my buddy looks like Krampus. <laughs> and it's so fucking weird because it's, like, Uncle's Santa Claus. And then you, I told him, I was like, we need to, like, make you Krampus and, like, rent you to, cust- to people, the customers. You need to rent you out to parties because people would love to have Krampus show up because he's always drunk. Oh, yeah. What would be better for Krampus, you know? Like, fuck. This guy shows up, kind of Satari looking. I don't know, <laughs> half man, half. What the fuck was Cramp? Yeah, I don't know. Was he just a human or a goat or? It was something. It was something. Yeah. But yeah, he he looks like he or he looks like Ivan Ooze. You know, like the guy who fucking was selling lean to the Power Rangers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whenever that Power Ranger died, I hit him up and I was like, "You dirty son of a bitch." 
And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He finally bought my lean. And I was like, I knew it was you. I have a news. He think he could just lay low for 30 years. <laughs> like we didn't remember. Shit was headed out for him. He was the white ranger. You know. So uh, when is this? Uh, I guess I guess it's going to be your final fight. When, when are you going to do? So it's in February. Uh, so far, so you know we got to get all that money sit, shit situated and out because you know uh, I love fighting, but I don't want to not make what I should be making. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, just because. Uh, this fight come along doesn't mean there won't be other fights. It wasn't like I, I worked very hard to f- try to get this fight. And uh, uh, I definitely am going to fight. But, you know, I took this fight on uh, this guy's The guy that I'm fighting is undefeated. And as a professional, I haven't won. So as an amateur, I was 26 and 4. But then I went pro. And I took and they called me take on all fight. Uh, take on all comers Becker and uh, because they said they never never backed away from a fight because the way I look at it is if we see each other on the street I don't give a shit about your weight class I'm not going to be like oh no you're 200 pounds sir I'm 130 no I'm going to knock your fucking ass straight out and if we're in the ring I'm going to try to do the same thing I don't care how many fights you've had I've been in well over 100 street fights and I've never lost a street fight. I don't even consider when I fought that whole fucking town, I knocked four guys out back to back to back to back after getting my girlfriend in the car, shutting the door. As soon as I shut the door, these guys were right there. I'm 130 pounds. These guys are big guys. They're your size, Tony, you know, and I just yeah. fucking pep, 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 three punches. Each one of them knocked them fucking smooth out. And then I got knocked out. But shit happens, you know. Y'all, everybody feels like they got, like, the recipe. But, you know, when you're fighting a mob of people, dude, you start losing in the numbers. And I, I'm thirty six six six, so it's not like I'm a young cat anymore. So I guess four's my fucking number. Four country boys. <laughs> because normal, like... Riverport Amphitheater goers, one punch, you know, Goldfinger. Yeah. I fucking knocked this, the biggest guy I ever fought in my life out to 99 red balloons. Coolest, coolest fight I ever been in in my life. This guy, for sure, I thought I was going to get my ass whooped, but I don't care. Uh, he shoved me. I looked behind. I was like, there is no one behind him pushing him. Why is he pushing me? And he's like, shoulder checked me, and I was like, Hey, dude, out of anybody in this crowd that you want to fuck with, I'm not the guy. And he's like, he thinks he's something else. He said to his old lady, and his old lady is like, I got your back. And I was like, hey, I'll whoop her ass right alongside of yours. If you think that I'm not going to fucking knock her out, she tries stepping in here. And uh, I wouldn't have really, but I was just trying to let him know, like, I don't give a shit because they're both fucking big people. He's He was probably... Closer to three, maybe 350. And just a monster, you know? He picks up a crowd surfer and threw him into my back. So, like, the kid hits the ground and, like, turns around and he's looking up at me like, what the fuck just happened? And I'm looking at him like, are you okay? You know, this fucking kid just got thrown on the ground. He's, like, 15. 
And I looked at the girl that I was dating and I was like, man, I feel like that guy just threw that kid at me. And she goes, he did. And I said, watch this. And I turned around and I busted this. I broke all of his front teeth out and his nose in like three punches. I just grabbed him and said, bap, 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 bap. And he was unconscious and he was falling back and the crowd pushed him back towards me. And I thought he was coming back for round two. And they were like, stop, stop. He's had enough. And I was like, all right, let's go. So I had my kids with me. My, my son's like, dad, that was the coolest shit I ever fucking seen. <laughs> and I was like, don't you ever let anybody fucking treat you any certain way. I was like, motherfuckers will try to be ignorant to you for your size or whatever. Don't, don't let them be that way to you. Yeah. And I was like, we got to go. So uh, after, you know, Goldfinger was done. During 99 Red Balloons, which was so punk rock. Like, when I hear that song now, it's like it inspires the demon inside of me. And it's just like, I'm just like, I just think of that. So, like, we run off into the lawn. And the girl that I was dating had a flannel that she had, like, tied around her waist. And I was like, give me that flannel. And I put it on. And then I had dreadlocks at the time. So I took my dreadlocks and I put them in a ponytail. And I was like, do I look any different? No, you just look like you put up your fucking hair and put a flannel on. And I was like, yeah, dude, I guess I'm not beating anything. And she was like, we better just get the fuck out of here. Because if they see you, you're not, there's no doppelganger for you. All right. You are you. So let's just hit it. And I was like, yeah, that's probably good. And so we left. But right as we were leaving, here he comes. And he's got, like, security and everybody walking with him. And he's just holding his nose and his girl's there with him. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, you try to turn your back. Like, don't look up here in the lawn. I am not the guy that just punched you in the face and shit. And if he's listening, I'm not sorry. You know, like, that's what you get. You threw a crowd surfer and shit. Like, people like that are assholes, man. And, like, I'm not saying go to the concert and beat somebody up. Yeah. But, you know, you don't. Let people treat you less than the human that you are, you know? Exactly. And, and we're all there to have a good time. But if your good time interferes with someone else's good time, then it's no longer a good time. And that's yeah. what he was doing. And so I uh, fisticuffed it with him. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's a big guy. Three punches and he was done. I guess, you know, the guys in Illinois, three punches and they were done too. So maybe I just got a three punch. Yeah. Ratio. So, my opponent, if you're listening to this shit, you better hope three punches done come <laughs> to your face, buddy. No, I'm just joking. I'm, oh. I'm honestly probably one of the. I try to be a nice guy, you know. Like I, I don't try to be. I just am, and it, it fucking sucks because sometimes you get used. You know, when you're the nice guy, people take advantage of the nice guy, and like definitely, you don't you don't realize it. You're just trying to be. Look out for everybody or fucking try to make sure that people like, like with that show, they let, they were like, Hey, this, this band's gotta be at work tomorrow. Can you close out the show? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll be the last guy on stage. Nope. Didn't get to be on stage. You know, the the, the last guy though. Yeah. Nice guy. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. I look forward to doing more stuff with you and, hanging out and, and, and you, you basically live in my part of the, part of the world. So yeah. Yeah. So what the hang and do something and drive people crazy and maybe I'll come by and eat so some of you your, out in the Arnold fitting area. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. where I'm at. Cool. 
and I, and I work there. Uh, so I work at Murphy's Diner. Yeah. I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And I'm off Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, and Thursday. And we had our dishwasher get clinked up. Clinked up. Yeah, you got put in jail. So I've had to kind of help with some dishwashing. That sucks. Dish dog. Yep, I've been there. Man. It's not not the uh, the best, but I mean, fuck. Yeah. It's good shit. I'm done by 2 o'clock. So if you don't get there by 2. And me, myself, I order biscuits. I don't know if you guys are biscuits and gravy oh, hell yeah. eaters. Oh, yeah. But I get the biscuit and gravy grilled. Now, I've eaten biscuits and gravy all over the United States. It's like my thing. When I go out of town, I try to go to the local mm-hmm. diner, just like Murphy's. And, and I try to go there and I try to eat their biscuit and gravy. And like in that quest, I have had some of the craziest shit happen. But I've had like in Cal- California, in the Humboldt fucking triangle, uh, I went to this diner and uh, I told her, I was like, you know, I don't like no crazy shit. Biscuits and gravy. It's pretty fucking simple. Sausage. Yeah. If that comes on it, that's mm-hmm. fine. But I didn't give her the rundown of like, don't put onions in my biscuits and gravy. Because yeah. that's just not something that is your right. <laughs> it's not called onions, biscuits, and gravy. It's yeah. self-explanatory. It's biscuits and it's fucking gravy. Yeah, either There's, sausage gravy or just gravy. <laughs> well, these assholes in California put onions in their biscuit and gravy. And like you've never seen a town or, or a, a county so happy. There'd be like you go into Jeffco and everybody has a Jeffco shirt on. <laughs> I'm in this diner and every person, even the waitress, had a humble shirt Humboldt County and I was like wow they are super proud to live in the pot capital of the world you know <laughs> but it's cool and then I told the lady I was like I just want biscuits and gravy you know bacon thanks comes out and there's raw onions in it and I was like and I took a bite of it and I fucking hate onions I never grew into it you know when you're a little kid they're like you'll like onions one day nope never did I can eat an onion ring Grilled onions, eh, sometimes I could tolerate them, but like a raw onion like that, mm. nope. It hits that trigger in your brain. It's like spit it out. Yeah. Terrible. And I was like, I asked you specifically if this biscuits and gravy were bad or, or had any weird shit. And she's like, is that weird? <laughs> I was like, it's fucking onions. What do you mean is that weird, dude? Like like the, the biscuits and gravy at Murphy's. <laughs> fucking uh they, they uh i get them grilled so they take them and butter them and throw them on the grill mm. now that's how the old owner when it was slingers would make it now i've worked there for for like two weeks now and working there i haven't made one person grilled biscuits and gravy and i've probably made a hundred plates of biscuits and gravy and i was like am i the only guy that had because I'd go there once a week. I'd go there at least once a week before I worked there. Yeah. And uh, I was like, am I the only guy that orders grilled biscuits and gravy? And he's like, yeah, like you and one other guy. And I was like, oh, man, I feel so bougie now. I'm sorry, dude. Like <laughs> like taking up grill space where bacon or sausage or fucking like meat could be being cooked. I'm like, yeah, I want my biscuits crispy and buttery, please. <laughs> bougie. But then I've gone to other states and other towns and I'm like, hey, can you grill my biscuits? And they're like, uh-huh. and then they do it still. And then it's 
good, you know. But like, I think the worst though, Kansas. I went to a Greasy Spoon in Kansas, and people like to show you their tattoos when you look this fucking ridiculous. And it was a mom, a daughter, and her son. And her son was probably about eight to ten. And he's in here blasting off on whippets. So he's got like the whipped cream container, but he's keeping it straight up and down and just sucking the air out of the can. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And, and the, the daughter, you know, looks like she brushed her teeth with the meth pipe. And then fucking <laughs> the mom's all like, I love your tattoos. And I was like, oh, thank you. And she lets me know that this is her daughter and that's her grandchild over there. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, you want to see one of my tattoos? I was like, hmm, probably not. Oh, man. Yeah. Can't see any right now. Definitely don't want to see any that are hidden. <laughs> she lifts up her shirt and pulls down her pants and shows me a little stick figure mowing her pubic hair. But she had a full-blown bush. And she's making my food. I haven't even got my food yet at this point. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Why did I tattoo my face? Like, And, like, my my friend Rob, who owns a diner, Murphy's, <laughs> his wife was all like, I think if you'd have just stopped at your neck and not went all the way under your face, people wouldn't fucking be so appalled when they see you. <laughs> she's like, but those face tattoos, I was like, I don't, I've looked like this for a long time. And, and in St. Louis, no one gives a shit. They really don't. And, like, I thought when I went to California, they were going to kick a red mat out and be like, yeah. welcome home, and this is where I belonged. And when I went out there, I was the turd in the punt. Like, people kicked a jukebox when I walked in the goddamn room. It wasn't the red carpet, nothing. They were like, what the fuck? Like, staring at me, food falling off their fork. And I was like, babe, <laughs> I think they're staring at us. And she's like, they're not staring at. Yeah, I guess they're staring at us. And I was like, man, I thought California was going to be different. But we were in Northern California and shit. So they didn't know. They could have thought I was some SoundCloud rapper. (laughs) They're like, there he is. Oh, that's terrible. And I don't even listen to rap. That's what sucks. Is people think that I'm like either a drug addict or they think that I'm a fucking rapper or listen to rap and they're like yo man you don't listen to that? i'm like no no i really like if it doesn't have a guitar in it or like words that i can relate to i really just don't listen to it i feel like everybody's like that with music right yeah and so so many people act like they're just so shocked at the fact that like that's how i listen to music i'm like isn't that everybody I'm really just talking about the people I work with. Because, yeah. like, they were like, I, I put on Smile Empty Soul the other day. And they were like, what the fuck is this emo shit? Turn this emo <laughs> shit off. Emo. And I was like, yeah. emo. emo. Yeah. I was like, Smile Empty Soul is an emo. And they're like, that music was fucking emo. Then they put on TLC. I don't want no scrubs, scrubs, I gotta get no love for me. And then it's just those songs, like 90s girl bands and 90s just terrible, I wanna leave. I'm like, oh my fucking God, dude. Like, I'm bringing earplugs tomorrow. Not earbuds, earplugs. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, and, and, oh, and, and I, she said, she said, um, that music's emo. And then she told me that, uh, I was like, well, what kind of music, what kind of, 
she said that Smile Empty Soul wasn't rock and roll. And I was like, that's not rock and roll. I was like, well, what kind of music do you consider rock and roll? She said, ACDC. Now, being a fighter, I got a problem with ACDC because that's their go-to. So, like, you go in, you know, when you're going into a fight, there's a lot that goes into it. You, like, plan out a lot. Like, the right time, the right song that you're going to come out to that's going to pump you up to get the crowd pumped up to, you know, like me, myself, I've come out to give it all from Rise Against. Probably every time, I think only like four times I haven't. Like one time I came out to that Kesha, that don't stop, and like on my way to the ring, I heard people be like, I hope that faggot gets his ass whooped. <laughs> and I was like, ha, that's brutal, man. I hope I do too, man. Like, wow, I guess I shouldn't have picked that song, you know? And like, other than that, it's been Rise Against because Rise, that song is like my anthem. When they're lowering my casket or burning my ashes, I, I hope to God they're playing fucking give it all from Rise Against, you know? It's like, it's my shit. But ACDC, on the other hand, nothing can kill the mood like some ACDC. I don't know. It's just all their songs sound alike. They don't do it for me. I've been into some real shit. So, like, as an amateur, uh, I wanted to have Leroy Brown. I had this feud with this guy from uh, Poplar Bluff named L.B. McCraig. And uh, I think he's like a church minister now or some shit. And he didn't really stick it out with fighting, but like he, me and him went back and forth. We fought like three times. And fucking, uh, I wanted to have Leroy Brown as my song. And uh, instead of playing Big Bad Leroy Brown, they played ACDC. Oof. And so he's... So, no, I was I was out first because it's his hometown. So, like... They're like, back him black. I hate this ass. And I was like, this ain't me. They're like, no, Gary Becker, go, bro. And I'm like, that's not my song. They're like, that's your song. That's the song you're going out to. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I just wanted Leroy Brown, the baddest (laughs) man in the whole damn town. You know, like, that's cool. Whatever. So, like, that was the beginning of me hating ACDC. And then Smile Empty Soul getting turned off and being told that it was emo music. <laughs> I'd like to figure out what else they consider emo if they consider Smile Empty Soul emo. And that's just deferred. The, I, mean, I was like, dude, most of their songs are about drugs. And those yeah. guys are like, not even, I tried to, sm- like, I've been a Smile Empty Soul fan for eons since the beginning. And I've never missed a St. Louis show. And uh, we've been become buddies, but they won't, they don't smoke pot. He's like, a trumper now and he's like a weird he's a little touch weird you know but uh that's the that's their fans like he moved to arkansas he moved out of california and now he's like out of arkansas and you know like he just is a little it's to change well, at least they didn't go trapped you know they didn't, they didn't go that far no it, it, <laughs> it's still what trapped do oh you meant well we can no. talk a whole show about oh man he he used uh, COVID to, well, I wouldn't say advantage because now they're getting blackballed everywhere because he went off the the deep end on the right side. And, uh, yeah, he turned a lot of people off. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, some of them guys, and, and, you know, like, between that and just the political mumbo-jumbo, you know, people lost fans and or fans for family, all kinds of shit. My kickboxing coach that was... I thought one of my 
my good friends and you know he's been my corner in some situations and shit to where he's all like hey if you win we're fighting our way out of here you know and uh he he said i was an antifa leader <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is antifa then i looked it up and that's like anti-fascism which means like anti-nazi and i was like oh yeah i mean i guess I, i'm not a leader I'm not leading anybody, but yeah, if you want to listen to me, yeah, we, we'd rather not deal with Nazis or, or fascism or anything yeah. like that or hatred or bigotry or any of that shit. We just all need to get along. We're all on this rock together, only for a small amount of time. Yep. Try to make the best while you can. Hell yeah. And listen to good music. Oh, yeah. I have one more question before we get out of here <laughs> because I uh, our, our good friend Dan O'Connor told us to tell you hi. Oh, yeah, Dan. That is that's my boy. So my question is, who would win in a thumb wrestling contest between you two? Between me and Dan? Yeah, I would like to see it. Oh, man, that, that would be fun. I, I, of course, would pick myself, but Dan, he's already beat me. He beat me. Uh, we fought and uh, at Ameristar as, a, as professionals, and... Uh, it was like the coolest shit. You go when we went into the Maristar, we had like twenty foot banners of him and one of me. And like people were pointing at us and shit. And it was it was, it was probably the coolest uh fight that I'd ever been a part of, you know. And uh that organization kind of fell through and that that happens a lot. But uh we were buddies and the whole fight thing happened. Like I was working for the Asian mob and I could talk about them now cause there's no such thing as the Asian mafia now, but I was working for these guys and I was in the strippy and, uh, this guy was all like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Dan O'Connor says he could whoop your ass. And me and Dan are buddies. We were teammates, yeah. but he went to South, uh, to St. Charles MMA. And, uh, I was like, Dan said that. And, like, I stepped away and, like, messaged Dan. And I was like, hey, dude, saying that you said you whooped my ass. And he's like, oh, he's trying to fight, get us to fight. He's like, but honestly, what have we got to lose? There's not too many 125-pound fighters. And Dan is a world-ranked fighter, you yeah. know? So, like, me fighting him, he had everything to lose. I had nothing to lose and all the gain from it, you know? And, uh... We're at the Maristar, and we get in the ring, and I come out, and I'm fucking walking around the cage, and I look out the ring, and Ozzy Smith's in the front row. Holy the shit. The fucking wizard <laughs> is sitting front row. Not, not in the front row, like, in a table, but he's cage side, like Joe Rogan would be sitting, you yeah. know? And Dan comes out, and I'm pretty sure he had, like, bagpipes. Everybody was there to see Dan. Yeah. I sold four tickets, and they put my people in the very back corner. <laughs> like, people were flicking me off. Like, when I was walking to the ring, they were, like, right in my face flicking me off. It was hostile grounds. Yeah. And, like, these people don't know that me and Dan are buddies, and they don't know that, like, if he got hurt or if I got hurt, we would both be hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh but we go out there and fucking Dan comes in the ring and I'm like, fucking Ozzy Smith. I'm like, I'm pointing my finger over like <laughs> the wizard is right fucking there, you know? And he's just like, calm down, idiot. I'm getting ready to punch you in the fucking face. Worry about Ozzy later. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. 
we're fighting. I need to calm down. I'll worry about it. And then I lost. And when I lost, uh, uh, Dan got an inside leg trip, and he punched me like four times. And like the same referee that ref this fight let me take 70 elbows in my very first fight. All right, 70 elbows between the first round and the third round. I got elbowed 70 fucking times. Jesus. And, and I mean, I was hitting him back. It wasn't like I just laid there and took 70 elbows. But, you know, that's a lot of elbows to let Dan punch me four times. And it wasn't, it didn't knock me out. It didn't flash me or anything. He just, uh, he got an inside leg trip and just pop, 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 pop. And then they broke the fight and it was over. And I was like, what the fuck? And Dan was like, what the fuck? And the referee was like... I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And I was upset, you know, like, yeah. uh, you got a lot of emotion when you're in those fights and shit like that. Like, there's a lot that goes into it that a lot of people don't. And so when I got in the back and they're like, they're real anxious to get the gloves because so many people steal the gloves. And I've stolen so many gloves from these fight organizations. <laughs> but uh, they got a guy there that's ready to collect the gloves. And he's like, I need the gloves now, man. Come on, let's go. But we're the main event. So there's no fight happening after us. And like, my name is on a marquee outside the dressing room. I got water inside there that's got my name on it. It's like super cool shit that like yeah. once in a lifetime stuff, you know, and fucking I'm in the back and I'm crying, you know, it sucks. I just lost and I'm upset. And my brother walks in and he's all like, what the fuck's up, dude? And I was like, I just fucking lost in front of Ozzy Smith, man. And he's like, dude, how many times has Ozzy Smith lost in front of you? I ain't no shit. Up. And I was like, damn. All right. I felt better, man. That fucking got me a little bit more, uh, yeah. I, I felt like, yeah, that's fucking true, dude. And and my brother isn't the brightest crayon in the box. But sometimes it doesn't take the brightest crayon in the box just to no. have a step back from the scene and just be like, oh, yeah, well, that does suck. But he, how many times did he lose in front of you? You know, and I'm just like, oh, brutal. So if Dan's still listening, yeah, I cried. Motherfucker. Made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, Dan's great. Yeah. I love him, dude. And Ed, did you ever get to eat his barbecue? No, I'd, I'd love to. I, so, like, he used to be, like, the grill cook uh, at, the, at fucking Roxy's. The, the first time that yeah. I seen him. And then he was at uh, Diamond outside of there. So, like, you'd come out of those strip clubs and, like, I worked for the Asian Mafia. Like, these motherfuckers, it was a real shit, dude. Like, these motherfuckers, they paid great. And then all they wanted you to do is just hang out inside of a nightclub and just be there in a suit and not drink. Have a drink in your hand so you don't look awkward. Yeah. But you don't drink that fucking drink. And you're only there in case shit hops. But nothing ever fucking happened. Literally, I just hung out with a bunch of Asian dudes. And, like, they were just always concerned that I looked angry. But I was just trying not to look like a 130-pound guy. You know what I mean? Like, you got to kind of put a scowl on your face and shit. Dudes are like, we're, we're at uh, Hustler. And he's like, man, you look intense, Gary. It's like, pick out one of these girls. Let her give you a dance. So me, being the guy I am, I look around, I see a girl, she's covered in tattoos, and I was like, I'll take her. Oh, yeah. Go figure. We get in the back, and she's all like, all right, lay down on this bed. So you lay down on the bed, and then she puts this blanket over my midsection. And I was like, in my head, I was like, am I getting ready to get an old-fashioned? 
Thought she was going to give me old tugger, you know, and I was all like, what's getting ready to happen here? And she's like, oh, no, I only put that down because when I dance for dudes, they blow their fucking load and they blow it on that blanket. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, you got a cum rag on my fucking chest? Get this off me right now. And then I come out like, you know, you're supposed to be back there for like two songs. And I come out like halfway through the first song and I'm like, and he's like, what? You look more ain't. He's like, you're the only guy I know that could go into the back room of the strip club and come out looking pissed. What happened back there? I was like, that fucking dirty bitch put her cum rag on me. And he was like, what? And I told him. And he's like, ooh, that's disgusting. I was like, yeah. I was like, get that fucking, oh my God. Like, good Lord. St. Louis. Tattoos. Yeah. Sucker. <laughs> Sucker every time. All right, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you so much, We'll we'll do this again many times, I'm sure. Murphy's, dude. You come into Murphy's? I might come in tomorrow, man. Come in tomorrow? I'll be there at 5 in the fucking morning. Uh, I'm interested in the the grilled grilled biscuits. Grilled biscuits and gravy. Country fried steak. All of it's good. And the other thing is, dude, my buddy owns it. And when he puts, like, the food that he makes and that he puts out... He would, he eats himself. He didn't like put out shitty steaks. Like his fillets are his, his steaks are fillets. They're like flaming young on a flat top. Oh yeah. You know, like that shit, you're not even getting at a Applebee's, (laughs) you know, and it's a diner, but thank you guys for having me. Uh, got no shows really that I think of when you do. Oh, Oh, actually I do. I got that memorial show. So, uh, that, funeral show got rebooked so uh, i don't even remember the date but it's it's in january and so uh i think it's like january 13th but i could be wrong on that but like yeah it's a i'm, I'm still doing a funeral so i'm gonna add that to my repertoire because that that's basically like saying you did a funeral right exactly yeah because like when i asked other comics they acted like i was being a dick like i was just like yeah i've done naked comedy done a sex convention done a rodeo bar and now i'm gonna do a funeral and i was just like what do you tell at a funeral what kind of jokes and they're just like you don't do funerals i'm like oh well i am because i'm take on all comers becker yeah. You book me on a show, I'll do it naked. You know, you give me a fighter that's undefeated, and I'll fight him if you pay me enough money. So that's all. I, I'll promise I'm getting out of here on that. <laughs> well, we so love you. We, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll have you definitely whenever you have some uh, non memorial shows, we will <laughs> we, we'll have you back on and we'll promote a little bit and stuff and see what we can do. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you guys so much, man. Not a problem. Uh, it's a great name. This my, it's my. Third, third time being yep. on Beyond FM. Yep, that's first, pretty. First awesome. time with me, but it's third time. It's my cool. hat trick. Oh yeah, Feel pretty good, dude. Thank you. There'll be many more. All right, let's get out of here, uh, Russell. You got anything before we leave? Uh, just that uh, DJ Moff show one twenty eight. I got a couple more in the works right now, so keep your eyes peeled and your ears peeled, and uh, you know we're not stopping. So gotcha. Um, as far as shows go. Uh, well, uh, uh, interviews go. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to uh, hang out with uh, Matt F. Bossler, and uh, that's going to be interesting. But then uh, next week uh, we'll have Matt Schmidt in um, from Artists United Network and talking about uh, uh, Moam Fest across the street. 
Uh, so we're going to be promoting that a little bit and talking some other things and see what he's got new going on. I know there's some changes going on and stuff like that, so maybe we can talk about that. But he's, I mean, he's an all-around good guy and supports everything in the scene. So and he's he's doing great things and hopefully uh, he does great more. Um, also, uh, the, that day, during the day, um, we'll be talking, I'll be having a little uh, Beyond FM special with Anthony J. Russo. So that'll be fun. And then uh, later on in the month, we got the band Euphoria coming in, also uh, J Styles merch and more, and we're already booking for uh, January and February. So we're bringing on the content, kids. We're taking over. So anyway, tune in next week, and uh, and yeah, and always tune in uh, from our app if you'd like, and just jam the tunes, man, and, uh, and let us know what you like, what you don't like, and maybe we can switch things around, and if... Uh, also, if you know uh, a small business that is uh, interested in maybe uh, hopping on as a sponsor or advertising or what, whatever you want to call it, you know, we'll, we'll work some deals and, and things like that and get get the word out there for you as much as possible without breaking the bank, you know, your advertising dollar, if you will. Um, so, yep, well, let's get out of here and we're going to leave you with the Centaurettes and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Beyond FM. I have a fetish for women's clothes. I like to wear... You know. What? Tell me. You like to wear what? Panties. Catch you later. Hey!